0: my knee hurts oh how about your high knee my high knee feels good oh how about your high knee
1: <laughs> terrible
0: is it live oh there we go yeah we're live the thing was spinning on my
1: end well i don't know i don't know what's going on with you guys tonight I, uh, kevin is having problems with his internet you're having problems with your spinnings you how you doing hk everything's good on your end
2: fantastic man I'm, I, you look good Hey, I appreciate that. So as do you, my friend.
1: Why, thank you, sir. Always welcome comments from HK.
2: Always.
1: Matt, you're looking less disgusting this week.
2: Thanks. <laughs> I got a haircut
0: and I uh, trimmed
1: the beard. No, you look good. You look good. You look, good. You look like you, uh, you're you ready for yeah, tonight's no, no, show. No, no. Well, I didn't
0: I, I, I know because you did this last time. And you then took a I shower.
1: Got, did you get some deodorant on? Because we're getting extreme.
0: When I got up to take a piss then you shit talked me the whole time I was gone
1: <laughs> of course we did did you expect I, anything different the, look when i get up
0: i am not i am not the show okay when i Yeah up, you are dude you watching, you,
1: watching you watching you waddle to the bathroom <laughs> the light goes <laughs> on you disappear to the left so then the we can toilet? pontificate as to what exactly is happening behind us how come and you don't you, close that door yeah dude what do i need to close the door for privacy yeah we'll see from who from, from us, us the viewers yeah. i take my screen down unless you fucking chodes put it back up no we would never do that what yeah, are you talking so about shit. so yeah
0: that's why i don't <laughs> i don't have to close the door because there's no you can't see into the bathroom like you can't see to where i'm taking a piss you can just see my vanity taking a
1: piss.
0: <laughs> 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 you double you checking though Yeah, I'm just sad. There's no possible way you could see me.
2: There's not visual, but what about audio?
1: My microphone is off. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I don't understand
0: why you just can't start a wrestling conversation. You have to, like, bring me up, and then you're talking about, like, Tony's kid is on a diet with him, like... And then I sit down, and then I gotta listen back, and it's you know how I said Matt was looking good earlier in the show. <laughs> oh,
1: shit. Wow, close the door. The what do you think? you think he's singing to himself? you think he's humming a song to himself?
0: <laughs> oh, here he comes. Oh yeah, so my kids on this new diet where <laughs> he picks up heavy things. Oh, Matt's back! Hey, Matt, how's it going? What's going on? <laughs> How was the G one? <laughs> you can talk about other things. You don't have to fucking not the show. <laughs> <laughs>
3: we get lost. <laughs> we get so lost. You don't get so lost.
0: Wrestling. Talk about anything. <laughs>
1: Matt in front of the bowl going, I'll become, I'll become it. <laughs> oh, whizzing on myself. <laughs> China <laughs> wizard. Oh.
2: I do know
0: such thing, gentlemen.
1: Oh, geez.
0: Oh, Mama We have a, a humdinger of a That's show, three right. to guys tonight. Uh, we got Todd Gordon at eight, uh, eight o'clock, at seven o'clock. It's talking about his uh, brand new book, which you can pre order on Amazon right now. Todd is God comes out tomorrow. You're a dickhead, Tony. We got uh <laughs> PWI rankings tonight. We're going to talk about we're going to get in a little time machine and uh have some fun with that. Uh, we got tons of wrestling to talk about and uh all sorts of other fun adventures. Adventures from the week, I saw uh, KJG on Thursday, That's right.
1: night. We polling.
0: Uh, so so there's an exciting adventure there, and uh, I made it out. Yeah. Good out, times, great out. hits. So, what now?
2: He said he made it out. I asked if they locked him up. That's right. Oh,
0: only only KJG can answer that. Was he locked up?
3: Well, I'll, that's a tease.
2: Oh! <laughs> oh. <laughs> Getting honey. <laughs>
0: So that's all We're going to talk Abdullah Dark Side of the Ring Handsome Kevin Has been playing Fight Forever So I can't wait to talk about this The text message has been coming in hot all week Tony is a TWA original So I'm excited to learn about this And it's all coming at you next here On uh, episode What are we on? Nelly's in the way uh,
1: 647
0: Thank you Episode 647 The Shining Whistle Fox Holson Foster, Holson 647
4: the following is a presentation of the shining wizards network broadcasting live in high definition video and available on all podcasting and streaming platforms follow us on social media at wizards podcast check out our merchandise at merch.shiningwizards.com do your amazon shopping at amazon.shiningwizards.com And become a Patreon supporter at patreon.com slash wizards podcast. And now, it's time for the Shining Wizards. You are watching.
1: You are
0: watching.
3: The Shining Wizards. The Shining Wizards. Wrestling Podcast. Wrestling Podcast. Podcast. Man.
1: are tuned in live to episode number 647 of the Shining Wizards Wrestling Podcast, coming to you live on social media and going with you wherever you go on each and every one of those streaming and podcasting platforms, but it's time to get extreme with some wrestling talk
0: and talk about the wrestling,
1: Tony,
2: and some Kevin, KJG.
1: My boys, we are all back in the hizzle for shizzle tonight. How's oh yeah. Going? Hell yeah.
3: I'm excited, man. I'm happy to be back. It's it's great to long. have you
1: back, dude. You look good. You look relaxed, refreshed.
3: Yeah, man. Spend a, a nice long weekend down in Florida. That'll do it. Um, with the with the with a very special person. So I'm very excited about that. Very happy about where things are going for me and my personal life. Thank you for everyone that's reached out. All good in the hood. So great! So happy to be back, man. Yeah.
0: Now let me ask you a question about this Florida vacation. Did you have an encounter with a shark like the Undertaker?
3: I did not have an encounter with a shark. The waters are very, very peaceful. Very, very peaceful. Because you saw that, right? I, I saw that he had to like save like Michelle McCool from like a shark him? attack. He just
0: stood between her and a shark and just angrily looked at like this
3: <laughs> tiny shark.
1: Was the shark afraid of his dong? <laughs>
3: Let me ask you this. Did, he go- did, did like did you go like this and have like lightning, like strike the shark? Gimmick lightning? No, there's no
0: there's no uh there's no WWE magic there. He didn't uh, ascend into this, the heavens with the shark. He didn't uh there wasn't the a smoky coffin with uh not him in it after he got put in it. It was just him It's like this.
2: Are you sure he didn't play a little kid rock and the shark just went, I'm fucking out of here?
0: No if he did that the shark would have opened a Bud Light.
2: <laughs> <laughs> what about Limp biscuit? <laughs> you rolling baby? You done it now. <laughs> that was a sassy rolling Matt. You're...
0: <laughs> let me t- so let me tell you. I uh so I before Todd Gordon joins us we were I was um there was like a thing online where I may have challenged J.D. Drake to a bowling match a while ago. And then he had tweeted, um, I guess, like late Sunday night, like that he uh, was going to be in Nork Thursday and wanted to go bowling. And I, my schedule worked out where I was done at like seven o'clock. So I was like, hey, Hanover lanes are 20 minutes from Nork, Like we should fucking meet up and go bowling. And he was like, absolutely. So I reached out to KJG. Kate the Great, Ant Money. We were going to do a little bowling thing with J.D. Drake. It was going to be a lot of fun. Weather was shits on Thursday in, in the North Carolina, so his flight got super delayed. But I had already come home and picked up my bowling shit, so I said, I'm still going fucking bowling. So Kevin was like, I'm not letting him go alone. And Ant Money was like, it's already on my fucking calendar. So the ultimate forces uh, joined up at the bowling alley. Uh, and it was a lot of fun, but I fell twice. He did. Uh,
3: he bit it hard at least twice and maybe once before I even got there.
0: And uh and it fucking hurt. My knee's been bothering me a lot. Um and then how, I went
1: How? How did you fall? How? I need to know.
0: The way I so the way I bowl, I don't use my thumb. I just use my two fingers.
1: <laughs> and
3: I no, That's spin. what she oh, said. Oh boy. Oh, you ball. you
1: spin the ball with two fingers.
3: Yeah. Tony, I'll how tell do, you, he, he's really good.
1: Yeah, but how do you not break your fingers, dude? That thumb is for the control. How do I not break? I got, I'm,
3: That's good. why he fell.
1: <laughs> I, I guess so. No, but I put so much
0: torque that sometimes I, I my shoe doesn't land flat and I fucking eat shit. I go right down on my knee. So that really hurt, and that was bothering me all weekend. And then I went back to the bowling alley today because it was $3 games. Oh, boy. And I decided I was going to get some bowling in this afternoon, and I fell again, and I am in a lot of pain right now.
3: <laughs> so on two different bowling trips, you have now bit it in like this in less than seven days.
0: Yes, and this, uh, today when I bit it, there was like four people at the bowling alley, and every single one of them asked me if I was okay. It was pretty <laughs> fucking embarrassing.
3: Let me ask you this: Were you at that tank top when you went bowling?
0: No, I was not. I was wearing an t shirt
3: nice love ftr yo I suck though I stink at bowling. I, I thought it was a lot better I thought it was a lot better than that. I got two strikes though we'll say that but I hadn't I don't think I broke a hundred that's not that good no no it's it's bad it's really bad I think maybe the first game I did maybe like one oh four or something but other than that it was like eighty three and 76
2: now i want to go back to matt you said you had to go home to get your bowling shit like do you have oh, yeah. your own shoes your own ball all that
3: oh uh, he's, he's prepared
2: i just picture him like uh bill murray and kingpin just with the. Is that is that who you are you got the wrist guard and all that i
0: don't know i don't have a wrist guard no i need a knee guard <laughs> And my <laughs> knee is fucking swollen, and it hurts.
1: And you went back for more. Like, that's, that's what I don't understand. I didn't think I was going to fall again. I was into the middle of my fourth game before I ate shit. Yeah, but if your knee's hurting, doesn't that mess you up on your approach? Like, No, that- it only hurts
0: when I fucking fall directly on it.
1: It didn't hurt as bad
0: uh, today. Like, when I got to Bowling Alley, it wasn't bothering me. When I left, it was hurting.
3: Did you go back to Hanover? Yeah. Nice. Mondays. Oh. Three dollar games. Back on the horse all day.
0: What? Well, yeah, one to ten p.m. I had both four five games and I got had myself a Pepsi and it cost me under twenty dollars.
3: That ain't bad. A Jack and Pepsi.
0: No, just a regular Pepsi. That's a shame. I didn't want to. uh I don't want to get. You know, if, uh, if if you start drinking too early, maybe you get the sleepies or you get a little headache. And I didn't Ooh. want that to happen. I still. um Picks to go over, and I still had uh, to watch Dark Side of the Ring and do some research for Todd as God, so I didn't want to uh, spend my afternoon
3: napping. Very responsible. Very responsible. I couldn't do it.
1: <laughs> I want to uh, know how this bowling alley has $3 games when my son wanted to go bowling last week, and I went online to book Elena Bolero, which is what the Wallington Lanes is now, apparently. Wallington, dude, they wanted two hundred fucking dollars for ninety minutes on the lane for three people. Holy shit! On Saturday, on Saturday it was like six o'clock. It wasn't even Saturday night. Yeah, I was like, yeah, we ain't going bowling. Fuck that nonsense. No,
0: they would. It was a Monday summer special, three dollar
1: games. See, I wonder if the bowling alley in town has shit like that because they're like still your local bowling alley. They're not. They didn't become franchised, you know. It's possible. And they've I mean, been there possible. forever. Yeah. North Arlington Lanes, they've been there a oh, super long time. I
3: was talking about the Hanover lanes.
1: Oh, Hanover's been there a long time too. What's the one that's over on um Christ, the one over by the airport that we used to go to off of Bloomfield Avenue.
0: Oh, that's not there anymore. That's a
3: Walgreens now.
1: Oh, that's gone too? Yeah, and so is Shit.
3: uh so is Eagle years, Rock dude. lanes.
1: Wait, what would you say, Kev? Which ones are gone? So
3: are Eagle Rock lanes, Eagle Rock Bowling Alley. Fuck on West Orange <laughs> North on a. Uh, on uh eagle rock, eagle
1: rock avenue yeah dude the main sh- uh, the the the, the mean streets of north arlington used to have two bowling alleys for years and they shit can one to put in a fucking uh dollar general years north ago. north arlington oh,
3: seems like a big bowling town for some reason
1: it used to be it probably still is when i last time i was on a league and this is a long time ago already we used to bowl over at lodi lanes on 46.
3: did you have a shirt
1: no we didn't but i did have my own ball and i had my own shoes
3: And money had a ball that had the rock on it.
1: That's pretty fucking sweet. He found it at Goodwill. It was Sergio.
3: Oh, yeah, Sergio. That's
0: right. Oh, his balls. Oh, that's fucking hysterical. (laughs) It was somebody else's, and they had their name engraved in it, and it was in the Goodwill store window for like four bucks.
1: That's fucking awesome.
0: Well, I got to know your bowling league name of your team.
1: Oh, Flowers by Chuck.
0: Oh, okay.
1: (laughs) It It was my dad's team.
0: Free yeah, the last, the last bowling team I was on, I was a ringer for the ADP, <laughs> and we uh, we helped we we single handedly won them the the championship.
1: You really are a good bowler, huh?
0: Yes. And then school, what's,
1: what's your average?
0: Oh God, it I think today I bowled like 170 was my average over the five games.
1: Yeah, mine mine last time I bowled was probably about a one sixty two, one sixty three, which was not great, but it was it was
3: decent. I'll tell you, Tony, it was very impressive. He kinda he, with all due respect, Matt, right, you kinda slipped towards the end of the night, but I think that's more of the uh of the Jack and Cokes.
0: I would <laughs> love to tell you it was, but it, I slipped this afternoon, there was no Jack and Coke. It's just the amount of fucking torque I try and use. No no, I'm just, not mm-hmm. saying it's like
3: physically silent. I mean your scores.
0: Oh yeah, well you know th- yeah. there's ups and downs. So yeah. It was before Thursday night. I probably hadn't gone bowling in like ten years.
1: Wow. Yeah.
3: No, I was, but I had a great time. I'm glad I came out. You, me, Aunt Money, Mark order, Shining Wizards, Shining Wizards Network event. It was good stuff.
1: I yeah, used fun. to I used to try to bowl at about 16 miles an hour, like really whip the ball. But I found if I slowed it down just a little bit, like a 12 or 13 mile an hour throw for me got me in better in the sweet spot. This little shit. You can say, so maybe you don't have to torque it all the way out to get some pin action. You know,
3: Did you just say twerk it all the way out.
1: Torque. Well, torque, but yeah, <laughs> column A column B. Fair enough. Imagine Matt fucking every time he throws a strike, starts clapping his ass cheeks. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Try and stop me. <laughs> <laughs> That's an incredible premise. <laughs> There's a,
1: there's a kid that is, uh, he would put out YouTube videos. I think he played Call of Duty, and every time he got a kill, he would throw a fucking rave in his room. He had these things set up behind him. It looked like the cane pyro, and every time the techno music hit, fucking flames would come out of him. He'd have laser lights. He'd start fucking dancing and pumping his fists. And one version, his mother came in the room while he was doing it, and he turned around to her, and it was like Jay and Silent Bob, and she started fucking dancing with him. It was fucking hysterical.
3: I could see you doing that with Diana.
1: I would love doing that. My mother used to come in when I used to play Commodore 64 all the time. What are you playing? What are you doing?
3: <laughs> Commodore 64?
1: Fuck yeah, dude.
3: My first system was Atari 2600.
1: Yeah, probably, Yeah, mine too. Mine yeah. too. But uh, Well, Todd that- Gordon's joining us any minute.
0: Yeah, I'm working on it right now, man.
1: Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> oh This may have to go into the fucking Kempatera call. I was gonna say. No, 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 <laughs> no, no, no,
0: no, 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 no. I'm speaking with him right now. This is not a ghosting
3: situation. <laughs> Gordon. Gordon.
1: Oh, okay.
2: There we go. <laughs> <There he is. laughs>
3: <laughs>
1: Matt was making me nervous there for a minute. I'm I wasn't. Minute. I told you I was
0: talking to him. You made it sound like he was fucking ghosting us. I said no such thing. How dare you? You said Todd Gordon's joining us any minute, and then, yeah. and then I said I'm working on it, and you said is this another Ken Patera situation? And I said no, I'm talking to Todd right now.
1: Well, I would never want to throw Todd Gordon in the same conversation as Ken Patera. Let's be honest.
4: Thank you. <laughs> We're through a window, the Ken Patera
1: threw to me. <laughs> good. <one. laughs> Love that! All right, it's going to be that kind of interview. Welcome, Todd
4: Gordon. Well, Good to see you guys. How y'all doing?
1: We are doing great. the uh, The Godfather of Extreme is is that a is that a, a moniker that you've heard yet? Because I think that Todd
4: different. Father of Extreme.
1: Todd Father is amazing. That's I great. actually like
4: that one. Sam made that one up. Yo, you're the Todd Father. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Come on you you've got to do some impressions. you had some characters come through that locker room who's your who, who's
4: your go-to? Well Sam is the easiest one. I mean, my God I'm with him so often even now that it's so easy to do him it's hard not it's hard to tell a story about him without doing it. him <laughs> <laughs> It's almost impossible.
3: So how I think- often how often do you keep in contact with guys like Sam and or people that are still uh, you know kind of active or maybe not even so active in the business?
4: actually it's gonna sound crazy it's 30 years or ever later. I don't go a week without talking to Sammy and Fonzie and Scorpio. Ever. Wow. I mean, That's pretty cool. Yeah, Sammy's is awesome. Like, he lives right near me, but Fonzie's in Florida and Scorpio's out. I don't know where the hell he is now? But we're, uh, yeah, we keep in contact all the time with the four of us. It's a really tight knit group that we've had for 30 years now.
1: It's crazy. It's crazy when you think about it. Uh, did you. When you, first, when you were first involved with the Tri-State Wrestling Alliance and you wind up taking over and you make it into Eastern, what was the feeling in your gut? Like, Did you, did you ever have the feeling that this was going to be bigger or, or you know, as big as what it became when you took over the business?
4: Not in a thousand years. I mean, we were doing bar shows in front of 80 people once a month. It was like a little hobby. And from there, two years later, we are on pay-per-view. Don't even ask me how that ball just kept rolling down that hill, but it was insane no thoughts about it being that big ever
0: all right I we're I, on the line with todd oh sorry tony no, the line. Go ahead, todd go ahead. Gordon, uh the todd is god uh the st- a- authorized story of how i created extreme championship wrestling you can pre-order it right now on amazon it drops tomorrow uh and i ordered mine so i can't wait to hear it and um you know ecw Everybody knows the stories from ECW. Uh, what are some of the topics you cover? We kind of joked about it before. Uh, Tony was like, "Ty Gordon's a mole. Uh, and I was like, you're not going to fucking say that on the show, are you? He's like, no, because I'm a fucking pussy. But you, I, would, I would imagine in the book, because that is something that is very associated with you, and there's a lot of rumor about that. You will address that story?
4: That entire story is addressed from beginning to end. When you hear that story, it's one of the more shocking things actually in the book because it actually was something Paul and I were doing together in order to help him reunite the locker room, which become fractured. And everybody thinks, oh my god, it was him against no, it wasn't me. We were together through the whole thing. And that's in the book and it's spelled out really clearly. The whole story is there's nothing I held back on. Not the drugs, not the sex, not the rock and roll, nothing. Was,
2: it was there all out there. Was there anything when you were when you were putting this together, was there anything
4: that you thought like, okay,
2: maybe that shouldn't go in, or were you completely gates open? Let's yeah. lay it all
4: the fuck out there. You're exactly what it was. It was gates open all the way. Uh, it wouldn't be true like to the way I ran the Wrestling Federation, It's always like, you know, fans first and you know if I like the show, then they'll like the show. going to shows for myself, which you know, by means of the audience became same kind of a love for the product. Same way with the book. I put Every question anybody would have in there, and I told stories no one's ever heard before. Some of which are having on the ground laughing, and some of which are having me saying, "Wow, I never looked at that guy like that before." Wow, it's it's it's, it's a lot in there. I'm telling you right now.
1: So I, yeah. I got I got needled and chided before before the interview. So I need to ask you Who this. Chided you? Uh, <laughs> the, the guy above me, and not so much the guys below me. But yeah, there you go. He's he's proud of himself.
4: Which is the handsome one?
1: That's the guy all the way at the bottom. Okay. See, we have to hide him down there to make the rest of us look a little better. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, who was it harder to work with, Gino Caruso or Metal Maniac?
4: Gino's a piece of cake. Metal Maniac was, uh, you know, didn't get it. He was almost like, almost has like, other than that, he didn't get a push. I mean, he just didn't quite get it. Metal Maniac story right at the top. Ready? Yes. Okay. We're in Chestnut Cabaret. Metal maniac work, Jimmy Snuka. Of in the course. Room. Sitting in the dressing room, of course, he finished, his clothes, done, on his clothes by then, so it was time to give you a know, ring. Uh, he's in the dressing room, Ivan calls sitting there next to Jimmy. And Jimmy goes, Gimmick, blade. And Ivan says, I only got this rusty one here. You don't want to use that. Jimmy's, Yeah. mean, you see Maniac going, he's hearing it. He's trying not to say anything. He's just watching. And Jimmy takes it. First, uh, uh, put it under his lip. And, uh, and he's like, what? 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 And he goes, well, relax, brother. It's going to be okay, brother. Just relax. He went up to the ring. And about five minutes into the match. So goes, like, he's zipping him. But he's got nothing in his mouth. Though, but he's done anything. <laughs> and he's going, squeeze, brother. Squeeze. And he's going, he goes, <laughs> <laughs> you know, the I got color? Not yet, don't click on Sift him again. <laughs> squeeze, brother, squeeze. I mean, that's what... <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm
4: thinking of veins that pop in this guy's head to actually give him color. I mean, that's how crazy that was. That was just a good ribbit. go get to pull on the uh, X. First story I came to. Him. That's fucking... This is name. First bad. one I came up with. <laughs>
0: Did you you ever ask the metal maniac to paint your face?
4: No, (laughs) no, my house wants.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I hope it didn't look like his face. Jesus Christ. (laughs) When, uh, so do you go to Sean Oliver with this idea, or does he come to you, or is there a middleman that decides, hey, Todd? You have all this history with ECW. People are still in love with ECW 20-plus years after it ceased to exist because we don't recognize the WWE version, or at least I don't. Don't Good. pay any attention to the chuds below me. Um, whose idea was it for you to write this book?
4: I did two DVDs, Keith and commentary a show and And that became friendly, so we just gave him the phone, bullshitting or whatever, and he'd say to me, Oh, my God, tell me this, the story about And I tell the story, I said, you've got to put that in the book. I said, there is no book. I'm not doing a book. you got to do a book. This went back and forth for literally two, four years before I finally agreed to do the book. And I, He said, you've got to put this out there. you got to tell the true story about what really happened there. People have this whole like, mole idea in their head. They, they, there are certain things you've never spoken on in the 30 years you've been gone. And what really motivated me to do it, first of all, Sean's great to work with, number one. What motivated me to do it was... You know, I'm thinking about all these products that come out from WWE, rise and fall of ECW, uh, the history of ECW, and every one of them says the unauthorized version. Why is it unauthorized? I'll tell you why. No one ever contacted me once. I'm the guy who started I did the whole thing. How the hell can you do a history of the company and not talk to the guy who started it? <laughs> they never once did. So I said, you know what? Maybe this time, let's put out the authorized version. Let's tell the truth. Bunch the nuts, go right for the jugular, t- you know, let everybody be, be aware of what really did go on down there.
3: So, so you, you just briefly touched on this. How do you feel about how WWE represented ECW once it finally, you know, was no longer, you know, in, in existence? How do you feel that they carried the legacy of ECW on? Good job, bad job,
4: indifferent? Well, they would really carry the legacy on some of their DVDs and stuff, again. They were only talking to half the people who were under their employee. They never talked to Joey Styles. They never talked to Shane Douglas. They never talked to me. they I was mean, their main central people of this entire rise and fall kind of thing. None of us were ever spoken to All you're going to get is the New York guys' version, so to speak, the Paulie, Taz, Dreamer, you know, Bubba, their version. They weren't really going out and reaching out to find out anything beyond what they had to say
3: so so would you um i guess um prefer like the alternative documentaries that are out there um and the alternative shows that were out there like the ones that shane douglas ran and and those would you like consider that more real to the ecw legacy than the ones that wwe ran
4: shane's thing was horrendous number
3: one
4: Ah. (laughs) i mean it was just god awful
3: that's not what he said
4: Sure. (laughs) sure Oh, well, the franchise was telling people to kiss his ass. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, no, these shows were terrible. I mean, Francine did a nice job on the Hardcore Homecoming. But again, it was a one-off show, so it's not really indicative of what the product would be. And it's pretty hard to ever replicate it, honestly. It was, it was, it was lightning in the bottle. It just, it just happened. It was, it was combustion. Us fans, uh, semiotic relationship we all have with each other, you where know, they were part of the show. And we, they, we loved that they were part of the show. And they were, it was the biggest part of the show, Sam and Sam, but where anybody else was going to come out. And they loved the product. And they didn't come out just to see Hulk Hogan or to see one star. They came out because they liked the product. They had a chant for every wrestler that came out. Ergo the title is gone. by the way. That's you know, it's from fan chant. It's not a religious metaphor. It's uh, the fans are yelling that when I come out to the ring, so that's what we love the title of the book. And we even argued about that because I don't want to use that as a title. Sean right, so,
3: so, one more for me before I take a powder, real quick. Um, how, were you familiar with what impacted in terms of their version of like an ECW-themed revival in terms like EV2, it was called, I believe?
4: Do, I was familiar- trying to do like a, like an uh, invasion, I guess it would be called. probably brought like four or five guys in. Yeah. But, you know, again, it just wasn't the same thing. You, you didn't have the right crowd. You didn't have the right music. You didn't have the right... Any of the things that made the whole thing click. I mean, It was more than just one thing. It wasn't just performing we in the ring. It was... The entrances all the way through it was really a well put together machine. Yeah, it's crazy.
0: We talk about it all the time. There's a generation that's going to watch ECW on the Peacock app, and they are going to think that this is the original intro and this is the terrible music that New Jack came out to the ring to. Oh my god! And it's like it's gutting and they're gonna to think know that the we
4: would skip to the Lou, "My Darling." I mean, what the hell was that? <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> That's an embarrassment. That was really so critical to our success, too. Because we didn't right not- to use that music. We had no rights to use that music whatsoever. <laughs> so of course it would have caused of some fortune, but we got away with using any music we just felt like using.
0: Yeah, it was iconic. You you uh you uh related to, you know, if I you heard Welcome to the Jungle, it was fucking Bam Bam Bigelow, you know, and it was something from E C W always resonated in our heads. Understand the book me. which there is available tomorrow. Set. Oh, I'm sorry, Todd.
4: I just said, "Enter Sandman." Here comes the hot stepper. I was, uh... yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: Oh, the book available tomorrow. You pre-order today. If you're watching this, you're listening to this. You can pre-order the book on Amazon. Uh, Todd has got the authorized story of how cr- I created Extreme Championship Wrestling, full of great stories. Is there anything that ended up on the cutting room floor where you're kind of looking back and be like, "Man, I wish I put that story in."
4: I can't say that so much as we had to cut hundreds of pages. I mean, because all I did, here's how we did it. Sean and I would talk via Zoom maybe two hours a day for like three, four days a week, like seven months. And all I did was sit there, drink, smoke, and tell stories. Like I was in the locker room talking to one of the boys. I go, wait a year with Sammy and this time. <laughs> and then I'd tell him a story. And it's his job to take all these stories and put them in a chronological order to make them make sense, which was not an easy task to do at all. But uh, that's how we did it. I just sat around and the book's the same way. You'll read it, you'll say, I feel like we're sitting here and, and tell stories. That's really what the book is, just we telling those stories. Uh, you know the story? Good story? Anybody? Yeah. Hello? Is this yeah, new one? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. All right. Sitting in the hotel room, Travelodge, which is our main place to stay like, once a month for flu shows. Yep. Sam Fonzie, myself, and Scorpio. Everybody's sitting around on a cocktail, whatever, and Sam goes, Yo, is this room 705? You we know, go yeah actually it is why he goes oh my god he goes running right to the corner of the room and just pulling the carpet up <laughs> I said dude I gotta pay for this shit what's the matter with you knock it off pulls out an eight ball of cocaine
1: <laughs>
4: now, un- understand he have been in this hotel now five or six times since he was in room 705 and never remembered it it's <laughs> been I mean, six months that I've been sitting on that carpet. And he goes, Oh, squirt, squirt. Yeah, I'm caught one He He's walking down the hall, you know, just stop right in his pocket his bare feet, and right behind him, and and I right behind that. He's he helped me move this big gimmick and he picks his big like vase up it's out by the elevator, like this giant like statue. He lifts it up. Ah, I got another one! <laughs> at this point, the four of us, at least the three, we are rolling on the floor. We're laughing so fucking hard. It was just so salmon. Six months later, he got like a knock in the head. He was, oh my God, I got a half an ounce of Coke here. <laughs> it's crazy.
1: I, that's, I can, the, that's
4: the kind of stories in the book.
1: I can only imagine what's going through his head. Like, what made him hide all this shit all over the seventh floor You're of the travel?
4: Living in Utah, that I had to flight home. Oh, bring it with him.
1: Makes sense. Gotcha. But he,
4: but he came back four weeks later, forgot. Eight weeks later, forgot. Twelve weeks later,
3: forgot.
4: Six... <laughs> that's hack. So, so,
3: um, I happened to uh, brush upon a headline. Uh, I guess you you sat down with, like, I guess Mike Johnson or Mike Johnson wrote a, a piece for you. On PW Insider, and the headline is not just about ECW, but it's also about life. Like, what would you say would be like the most important non wrestling thing you would have to offer in this book that you would want people to pay attention to?
4: Uh, really? Towards the end of the book, there is one chapter on my sister, who was my best friend in the world. And we lost her a couple months before COVID started, not from COVID, but uh, to brain cancer. Oh. And there's 12 months of being there, watching her slowly, sure PhD's PhD's brain, like this woman slowly you know, fall off into like first childhood baby. And then incoherency and sitting through that and living through that was the hardest thing I've ever had to do in my life. Right. And it's not a day goes by that. I still don't think about her and miss her. I'd, so that'll be one of the most, it gives you a chance to say, Hey, appreciate what you have now because you, know, you don't know if you be here forever.
3: Right. And I, I lost a brother, so I totally understand what you're going through. And I didn't mean to
4: bring the mood down. So no, let's... no, no. That's okay. But you asked me that. Yeah. yeah. That's what Mike brought it up. And he made it. That was a beautiful review, by the way. Yeah. I it really was good. appreciated that. Yeah. yeah he yeah. wrote a beautiful story.
3: So let's pick it back up real quick. Who would you say, because this is something that we always, like every wrestling fan talks about? There's Mount Rushmore's of this, Mount Rushmore's of that. I'm not asking you for a Mount Rushmore, but if you had to pick one professional wrestler that ever stepped through ECW's locker room, who was the most influential wrestler that meant the most for ECW?
1: Oh, Wait, what happened? We got to bring Todd back.
4: I'm here you... somewhere. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> how did that? Matt. Matt, what did you do? Did you get that... I didn't do anything. Did you hear that question? <laughs> yeah. I said, the answer is a piece of cake. Terry Funk. Not there even close. You, there you go. And God bless him. He wrote the foreword to the book. This is not something he would normally do. That meant a great does deal to me.
0: Does the forward go on forever?
4: <laughs> no. <laughs> <clears throat> but we had a Jimmy Stuga interview once. that went on forever. That, I mean, that doesn't it, surprise
1: it, me at all. Did, did it end little, at the bottom it, of he, a cliff?
4: <laughs> Jesus. A bit, God, yes. Dude. He was a little bit wacky. You know, <laughs> as most of us were after the shows were over. I'm fucked up, we, brother. We go, give, give us 60 seconds. And if you can't go to 60, 45 is good too. And for the next five or six minutes, he started going, as the super fly (laughs) jumps from the cliffs (laughs) through the air, looking at the ocean and the cloud. And it's like five or six minutes later, and we're all leaving the room because we're all dying. The cameraman's shaking the camera because he's trying not to laugh in front of Jimmy who could break him in half like that. It, It didn't end. It, it was one of the greatest outtakes you've ever seen in your entire life.
1: When, when you when you read the forward that uh, Terry wrote to the book, did you read it in Terry's voice? I did,
4: of course. <laughs> <If you're laughs> know, everybody does his voice.
1: You have to. It, it, oh, it's, absolutely, it's a rite of passage.
4: One of Terry's great moments in the locker room as a leader, some, was he brought somebody talking about how they had injured themselves, they couldn't afford insurance, and blah 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 blah. So get a rental car. What do you mean get a rental car? Come here, come here, come here, sonny. He gets the whole group around him. we sit in the, middle of the room group. he goes, you yeah, get a rental car, get the insurance, drive it into a stop sign. They'll pay for everything. <laughs> Fucking genius. That's wrestling.
1: Holy shit.
4: <laughs> get the insurance, always get the insurance in case you get hurt that night. <laughs>
3: So crazy that's the second time jimmy snook has come up tonight we had, we, we had a conversation about him before you joined us So that, that's incredible
4: kiss the character there is pretty pretty unique to say the least yeah
3: I, I used uh i did like a like an indie show where i like i managed uh I, tony would
4: he be familiar with the kodiak bear i'm sure he would he was on my first tv tape he worked against yeah. sam in the very first pilot we did yeah, yeah.
3: So I managed him against Jimmy Snuka, and we're going over the match in the back. And then, like, they're saying, like, you know, that he sits, he hits the splash, and Jimmy Snuka goes, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! Second rope only, brother!" <laughs> <laughs> and uh, like, so he did this. and I almost botched the spot. It was, it was, it was incredible. It was, uh, he's a unique cat. You're right.
4: And I'll tell you something else. He's light as a feather. First time I ever, like, really, basically, I guess, one of the first to ever take a bump. He was turning heel at a show and he you know, picked me up by seven give me the super fly leap off the top rope and i'm like going, oh god it is the end for me my last day on earth i didn't even feel it yeah i mean he came down crashing and i'm going eyes are closed What is he going to jump He'd already, you know that's how late jimmy was he was so good in the ring oh my god yeah. when
1: i when i trained up at uh gino caruso school many moons ago um it was after a show one time. Uh, we were all we were all hanging out, uh, just bullshitting, and, and uh, we had a we had a small, skinny referee named Steve, and uh, Jimmy was there, and he's like, "Oh, we, we want Steve to get the Jimmy. We want we want Steve to get the Superfly Splash." So Jimmy puts him in the corner, slams him down. He gets up to the top. Steve was so scared, he passed out on the canvas before Jimmy ever leaped off the top. Wow. Had no idea he even gotten hit. He was so scared about taking it, just passed what out.
4: Is- the Funny thing is, in the ring, he turns to me and he goes, All right, brother. scoop, slam, slam. slam uh, Wait, what? what? <laughs> he's he doing like six things in a row. I'm mean, I, I got the scoop, and okay, look, your scoop. But now he's already gone. You know, he, he's already <laughs> off the top rope. Uh, what? Yeah, What's What do you say to me? I mean, it's easier to work with Scorpio on the ring because you don't understand a word he says, even in real life. We call him the Bumblebee. It sounds like he's just buzzing all over the place. You don't get. When he talks corny <laughs> forget about it. When he's Close. talking, normally you don't get a word he says. Love Scorpio. He is the best. God. So good. Uh, so good too. To this day. Yeah. He's probably the most talented guy we ever had, no one really realizes it. He can wrestle, he can brawl, he could fly, he can do anything except promo.
1: <laughs> do we do we get any uh ecw versus dennis carluzzo stories in the book
4: you get all of it oh. every bit of it you'll find out about the time we caught him out in back in the arena unscrewing valves on people's tires my security caught him and gino more out there i had to go out and decide whether we have him put in jail or not i mean oh there's a lot of Dennis in there
1: you know it's funny you mentioned that i just i was just listening to an interview with uh um Oh gosh, who was that? Mario Savoldi, and uh, they said when somebody was running opposition to WWE, like the late '70s at one of the the Armory in Jersey City, that they did the same thing. I guess letting air out of tires of fans was a thing.
4: I don't know. I mean, he did everything he could. If he'd have put 25 percent of the energy he put in trying to bring us down in his own company, maybe he could have made it successful. But he got so obsessed with our success that it was insane. He'd call every building before he went in there, call the fire commissioner. I think they're over, and we were always overloaded. Wow. They come in and start counting heads. He said tapes to churches. We're renting out the facility in Scranton, or here, wherever it may be. And what we, the kind of stuff that they're gonna see, we're going, I mean, he was brutal. We were in the car, time. me and Cactus Jack, and Cactus Jack said, I think it was canceled. What it was Dennis called them up. He told them, you know, here's the violence. He sent them a VHS tape. And the kids, he got out of the car. There's no pay phones in jumped on the highway, got on the, and called him up on a payphone, and cussed him out, like I never heard Foley go off, ever. He said, don't you take food out of my fucking kid's mouth. He was screaming, yelling, like, who is that guy? And so, you know, we'd make his room like, but yeah, he, he was pissed.
1: Yeah, that's one thing I learned about with Foley. Don't, don't I mean, it, you know, it's every wrestler, but don't fuck with the man's money. Like, Foley's like one of, of, of the, probably the nicest guy in the business, but, I re- there was a story that he told about, Stranglemania with the ICP when they, when they put all the footage from Japan in their video and they, and they dubbed over it, and they sold thousands of copies. And Mick was just like, you know, I think you owe me a couple of bucks Yeah, <laughs> and they paid him. Of course they paid him, but still don't, don't cross a man for his money.
4: Right, it's cause it's a Mick Foley story. Uh, driving home from, I think it was in Boston. We were driving the cars, we and Sam in the back, uh, Foley was up there. I think Raven was driving. Sam, of course you know he's peeing in a bottle the whole way home because he's drank so much beer my God and he couldn't Will you stop doing that? No Cut it it's out
1: now. Todd it's not us, I swear.
4: No, it's that guy at the bottom, I'm telling you. <laughs> not me, buddy, not me. No, the guy, you're not at the
2: bottom anymore. Ah Yeah,
1: we we stuck Matt in the bottom where he belongs.
4: <laughs> Technology,
2: baby. So, Alright, so so Sam that, Man was it, filling bottles, yeah,
4: yeah. It was in a van and in the windows of the front had one of those like where you open up the little side piece, like the whole window didn't come down, it just a little side little part that opened like this far thus far. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, you remember those? Oh yeah. Sammy so, goes, Yo, Mick, and he goes in the hands of his uh jar. Fully goes, No, nah, I don't drink beer, I'm sorry. I'm like, Oh my god, thank God you don't drink beer. If you take a slug out of that, you are have fucking want to kill everyone one in the car. <laughs> It was like, it's not beer,
1: Piss,
4: dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to ECW, guys.
2: <laughs> Todd, I want I wanted to ask you just another night, 1996. You and you and Fonzie go. I mean, was it just around three minutes? I like Bam Bam. Bam Bam was in your corner. Taz was in Fonzie's corner. So, I just like. Ha- Having you and Fonzie put together that match would walk me through it, man. (laughs) Like tell me something about just another night in 1996.
4: Yeah. Three minutes is all you really need to know. (laughs) (laughs) Before we expose shit, let's go out there and to sluggish. And we did that every time we were in the ring, by the way, we did that at work. And we did not want to be like a Jim Cornette versus Pauly tuxedo match or Missy Hyde. We said these people were preaching our hardcore lesson forever. We go out there, let's just beat the shit out of each other. And And that's what we did every time we were in the ring together. You asked Fonzie, how many lumps he had? And I mean, believe me, we we, we beat the hell out of each other. So that night we said, let's go, bum, 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 beat the shit out of each other for a couple minutes. And Taz does his interference, Bam Bam does his. And then everybody's watching them anyway. They're watching Taz and Bam Bam. But yeah, every time me and Fonzie had a match, especially uh, the first big arena match, we, we beat the hell out of each other.
2: Yeah, because just another night was not a big arena match. That's that's for sure. <laughs>
4: Lynn really. like Olden, maybe? Uh, yes, yes, yes. Okay, and I then, know where that came from? I, yeah.
2: wanted, I wanted to ask you. Uh, obviously, very excited for the book. Uh, I'm excited to read the book. Uh, big, you know, big ECW fan. I, I uh, I'm out in Minnesota. We really had to go out of our way to pay attention to ECW. Uh, so, big fan. Looking forward to the book. But my question is, somebody who's not a wrestling fan. Uh, what is going to pull them into the book? What is it going to make an enjoyable read for somebody that's maybe not you know not into into
4: wrestling? Well, I guess the, the you know the thread through the story is basically a guy who was a wrestling fan. That's all I was. is was a fan. Just like you guys, anybody else. I was right there in the audience, you know, watching. I loved it. And then a matter over a year and a half, you know, we the third most influential company in all, the whole country. Right. So you see the guy who was even in the business rise to that level where I'm dealing with Vince and Bischoff and people like that. I mean, that's in itself a story that you don't know anything about wrestling, understand like how someone like that can come in and become that big part of an industry as huge as wrestling is. So very much a, very much
2: a success story in a lot of ways as well. Yeah. Some ways. Yeah.
4: <laughs> Absolutely. But yeah, there's a lot of that and there's, um, how you start, how I started and how we get started the promotions to begin with where's Easter and how we literally took step-by-step step to grow that. And the whole thing with Eddie Gilbert coming in, whereas like with Eddie, and then from Eddie, from the transition to Paul, which was the end of their relationship, uh, I hit on everything.
3: Do you talk is about, was, in this book, I'm sorry, I'm sorry Matt. Uh, let me just get this one out there. Are there are, is there any aspects of the business portion of, of running ECW that you touch on? Like maybe even like the transition from you to Paul, is, is that heavily discussed?
4: Oh, I'm telling you, there's really not a part, nothing's really not touched on. Uh, <laughs> we do talk about the transition. We talk about um, what it was like to, you know, have to lay out money for MSG network and Sunshine network. And now we really weren't ready to spend that kind of money each week and how that really was the beginning of our demise in those years ahead of time, because it was an exorbitant amount and there was issues there. In fact, between Paul and I, because he said, don't worry about New York MSG. I'm New York, I'm Studio 54. Everybody knows me. Those spots are sold out already. And we never got one advertiser in New York. I know Paul's been accused of lying occasionally, but yeah, that'll come through (laughs) in the book as well. But as with all the good stuff, the fact that he was ahead of the time and came up with the word extreme a year before there was any extreme sports or extreme anything, how he came up with the music and he knew which music to play with which guy. And you know, the grunge music, this, I was still doing classic rock, And I'm saying? this guy turned me on to so much new music. I mean, he's a genius. Don't get me wrong. I mean, he is a genius, but you can't have a personal relationship like that. But we did for a long time.
0: Uh, Todd Gordon's on on the show with us. Todd has got the authorized story, how I created ECW Extreme Championship Wrestling. Drops tomorrow, July 25th. Order it on Amazon. You don't even need to get it delivered. You put it on your fucking Kindle. Boom. You don't have to wait for it. It's there, and you can wake up and uh, read it uh, with your morning coffee.
4: And in August, the audio version comes out, which Sean recorded. Because my voice is uh, voice is like a smoker for 50-something years. It's like, I don't want to do the audio. I don't understand what I'm saying. So Sean did the audio, and uh, that comes out in August.
0: Are there going to be uh, some pissed off people when this book comes out tomorrow?
4: I'd say maybe two. Oh, baby.
1: Metal Maniac.
4: No. <laughs> He is in the book, actually. The story about the Stuckersipper, I think, is in the book. Uh, but no, it's, it'll be one or two, two people, maybe. There's really weren't many people that need, you know, I need to shoot on. To be honest with you, everybody else was like I came in contact with, I had great relationships with. And Public Enemy and I were best friends. To uh, they both passed the pitbulls. I mean, these guys, are, I'm so were carrying a today. Um, you know. There's raven stories. There's, story, there's stories about everybody in there, I'm telling you. There's some Fonzie stories that you won't believe. One we'll time we're in Pittsburgh. <laughs> and there's Scorpio, there's Sam and I. We go, where the hell's Fonzie? We can't find him anywhere. We just got here. So like, early morning flight. We've been up one night partying. Can't find him. Now the bags start coming down the chute. And as <laughs> the carousel's going around, there's Fonzie sound asleep on the carousel. The bags are coming down and hitting <laughs> him on the head. You can't make this shit up, right?
1: <laughs> is, there, is there somebody that came through the ECW locker room that you think could have, uh, should have accomplished more in the wrestling business?
4: Maybe JT Smith. Oh. JT Smith was incredibly athletic and talented. And If he could have cut a promo, or at least been a little bit more forceful like Scorpio is, he could have been the same kind of uh, talent.
3: So just, just really remind me real quick, because J- I, I think I know who you're talking about. JT Smith is, is the Canadian who spent a lot of time in Japan, or no? No,
1: JT Smith. No. JT Smith was the full-blooded Italian.
3: Yes. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Who am I thinking of?
4: Um,
1: you're thinking of, um, oh, gosh, uh, it, one of the Smiths. Yeah, what was his name? virtual Johnny pro Smith.
4: wrestling, too. David Boy Smith. Oh, Johnny Smith. <laughs> Johnny, <laughs> oh, Johnny Smith, Smith oh, Johnny that Smith,
3: yeah. was it, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, J.T. Smith and FBI, yes. I do remember him, yes,
4: 100%. And before that, you know, he did the you fucked up gimmick because he actually did fall one time and the audience, being as kind as they were, let him know that he fucked up. He had a thing on his head like, out here in yes. 30 seconds later, he had the submit. And so I sit on the back and said, you know, I think you got a gimmick here. He said, what do you mean? I go, if you can manage to do that, because they were all involved in the, and the audience got into it as soon as you fell. If you could do something like that but not make it obvious, it makes everybody raise really the fuck up. It's, you're already to yell at every show. So he did that for about I don't know, six months, maybe. Then we said, well, that's getting old now. He didn't get into something else. So we came over with the idea of being in South Philly, which is all Italian, heavy Italian neighborhood. So, but they, more than black people, why not come out and sing Frank Sinatra? we really going get some heat there. <laughs> and he came out and he did Sinatra, and at first thing he hated it, and then eventually they just loved it. Because the more of a heel you are in this town, especially in Philly, the, the more over you are.
1: Well, except for bad crew.
4: <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> you really do go back. Oh, I <laughs> <Yeah>. do. <laughs> that, that, that's you, uh, bad crew who got us in downtown.
1: Yeah. It was bad crew. Who else? It
4: was the dad or something, or step, stepdad, or who
1: was the who's the guy that used to look like a biker? You paired him up with Devin Storm. Damien something or Damien Cain?
4: Kane. Yes. Damien Cain, Dude. Lady Alexander.
1: That's is. it. God. What a cast don't character. We,
4: yeah. we
1: had Paul
0: Lauria like a month ago on the show. Yeah. The giant Paul Lauria. Yep. Yeah.
1: He hit it off with my mother quite well. Yes, he did.
0: That was a little weird. Do you have any, uh, are there any Hack Meyer stories in the book?
4: Actually, no, other than the audience yelling Shaw and shit. Right? <laughs> you know, and
2: they, they
4: just found a reason, a way to incorporate themselves in everything. Yep. That's what it was like it was at the Rocky Horror Picture Show. In the yeah. beginning, they were bringing weapons in the show. That was awesome. We did the whole thing, you know, fans bring your own weapons. And that got out of control. We were bringing chainsaws. You know, stuff we had to confiscate the door, obviously. But for the most part, they would use their weapons. So the guys, whatever happened in WWE took off his prosthetic leg. And he where one of the wrestlers used it. <laughs> it's a true story. Prosthetic leg.
2: What was, the, what was the most unique weapon you had to confiscate at the door?
4: Probably the chainsaw. The chainsaw. Gosh. I mean, you know, who's carrying that into a show with them? Right.
1: Yeah. Some somebody from Philadelphia for sure. Yeah. I'm gonna go watch
4: a show that cut down some trees and call tonight. You
1: know,
4: like Terry
0: that. Terry Funk. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> now you uh. So me and Tony go back. We've been to several ECW arena shows and. Once ECW um, ceased to exist, I never really went back to the arena until about a couple years ago for an MLW show, which was another big mistake I made. That's a whole different story. Um, I can't believe it's the same fucking place. The twenty three hundred arena is beautiful.
4: Oh my god! They got a bar. <laughs> they got a rest like a restaurant. It's like you walk in there like where am I? I mean, it used to be a tour. what happened? It's like it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a whole different building now. Different atmosphere. It is-
0: it's, 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 un, it's unbelievable. There in the rafters hangs your name in the ECW uh, Hall of Fame. How much did that mean to you when that came to be?
4: It meant a lot. You know, it, it, I can't tell it didn't I mean any time that people remember what you did. And it's been a while now. After 10, 20 years, people generally tend to forget who's who. So anytime time I remember or acknowledge, I think the book will bring a lot of that out, too. Yeah, of course it feels good. You know, it put me with Sabu which is also great because I love Sabu. Uh, Believe it or not, one of the funniest guys in the locker room is Sabu. You go, Sabu? Yeah, he's fucking hilarious.
1: Oh, I believe it. I've read his Twitter posts.
4: (laughs) (laughs) But he is, though. He actually is really very funny.
1: To me, my my what-the-fuck moment in ECW history was probably Shane Douglas throwing down Gary Wolf by the halo. What moment stands out to you as your, like, holy shit, what the fuck are we doing moment?
4: Oh, that wasn't the, what are we doing. I mean, there's my idea. The whole halo thing. <laughs> Gary, Gary had a halo one for, I guess, maybe 60, 90 days. Yeah. And he'd go to the hospital, Thomas Jefferson Hospital, directly across the street from my store. And he walked in day and he goes, guess what? And he took it off and he goes, finally, I can sleep in a bed again. I can't sleeping in a chair anymore sitting in the chair for two months. I'm finally free of the halo. I just light bulb but like, how would you feel about wearing it for like another couple of weeks <laughs> <laughs> like, no, Yo, fucking kidding me? I said, No, I'm serious. I said, you're just don't leave the house. But if you leave the house, you gotta have the halo on. You can put it on without you know going screwing right through your skin and you can just wear it. Yeah. And that was all I said, then we gotta get we'll put something together with it. You and Shane will be like fire. That he sold that so well. What he did was he put his hand in his pocket so that he couldn't like put his hand up and stop himself falling. So it looked like he, and he had no balance. And so when Shane grabbed him, he literally went down and he couldn't stop himself. We thought, you know what? Let's make it seem better. We'll plant two of our students there to come over the railing Like, except before they were over the railing. Half the building came over the railing. Yep. So, uh, uh-oh, oh when an angle goes too well, we're like, yikes! You know, like Shane's going, "Get me the fuck out!" Like I was the first one in the ring to go in for Shane. He's going, "Get me out of here! i you you out of here!" I said, "I don't know." We had to try to get you at the front door somehow. Like, holy shit!
1: Yeah, I was standing room only by the front door, and somebody actually like plowed—like he plowed somebody into the glass that was in the front doors. The glass shattered. Yeah, he, was, he just I mean, got the hell fans out of Dodge. Were
4: smart. They never did shit like that, but they really bought, bought that. They were gonna kill Shane that night.
1: Oh yeah, it was crazy.
4: They were going to go Fonzie at more... the very beginning. Oh, my God. The fans were waiting outside with bricks and bats. Yeah. We would sneak Fonzie out of the arena that night. <laughs> Was and that more chaotic? Jim, of... you know Jim Thorpe. You Jim Thorpe? Jim Thorpe? Yeah. we at to the top of the mountain. So I told you Fonzie, Sam and I would always travel together. And we'd always make Fonzie get out halfway up the hill and say, Hey, brother, you can't walk in with us. And he'd look up hill and goes, Hey, daddy, come on, man. I'll hide the back. Now Fonzie, you got to walk up the hill, man. We I mean, was making walk up the hill.
3: <laughs>
1: uh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> was the Gary Wolf Halo more chaotic than the uh, the time Terry Funk asked for a chair? Uh, both times.
4: Was, well, yeah. <laughs> I say the two times I've ever really scared, mostly is back ensued was the chair throwing incident, which of course we you know buried by putting it on the opening of our TV show every week. Yep. And every song like over and over and over again. And the other one was also in our opening it was the Florida public enemies of the ring. Yeah. Like, hey guys, come on. There's like four kids. Come on, you few four kids, come on in here. Next thing you know, there's three other people in the ring went, <laughs> and, <laughs> <laughs> and when you're the one who's gonna get sued, you are going. And I could not talk on both times, thank God That's just both those incidents unscathed, but oh my god, It was a scary incidents for me.
0: That is Those those images are burned into my brain like the, uh, the <laughs> night, come on, I want to lay a dance the top, of these
4: <laughs> <laughs> And God bless her for that. Yeah. She saved our asses. Yeah? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's 120 degrees in that building with all the people in there. They're just going to work for shit. And the ring breaks. And we're going not to Al. It's 911 and his crew. I go, How long is it going to take? Well, uh, we could mail away for a piece. I mean, yeah, that's we're a show. You realize that? It. <laughs> well, then I try rig it up somehow. I go, that sounds like a better plan than us you know, sending away for a piece. You know what I'm saying? And uh, it took like what 45 minutes to an hour, and she volunteered to go up there and do that. And so the girls in the back were like, "Oh, that's disgusting." And I turned around and I literally said, "You know what? Fuck you. She's saving our asses tonight, and people will still come back next month because she did that." It was disgusting even this about the girls out of that night.
1: Wait, wait, who was saying disgusting? If I remember, Tommy Dreamer was pile driving everybody with their asses showing and their panties showing. And
4: now those were the people saying disgusting.
1: Wow, that's
3: crazy. Who do you think was used best after they left ECW? I know there's a lot of names to, to consider there.
4: I guess Bubba. I mean, he became the biggest star but everybody was there. Yeah. But if you think about career wise, who had the best career after that? It has to be Baba, right?
3: Maybe RV, RVD. Maybe Lance Storm I mean, in WCW, I, maybe. I
1: mean, maybe Taz. Taz got into broadcasting, you know?
4: Yeah, they all had. I'm saying there were other people that were successful. Right, right, right. But right. right. He went not company to come into this day. He's headlining indie shows. He wants to step into a. And the way he's you stage step into any federation, they're welcoming with the arms. Yeah. Would you, he's, uh, you know, he's a tough guy.
0: Would you put Jericho on that list?
4: You know, Jericho wasn't there that long. We, we were the no, first ones wasn't. to bring him in. And I remember him working with uh, Pitbull 2 and um, the four-way dance. And yeah, Scorpio. the four-way.
1: It was a great match.
4: Who was the 4 ways? Pitbull 2, Jericho, Scorpio.
1: Oh, gosh.
0: Douglas.
4: That's, no, what, that's so. when
1: Francine turns yeah. on the Pitbulls. Dur- during the four-way with Jericho,
0: yeah, Jer- Jericho was the TV champion. And he loses it to Douglas. I think that's his out.
4: Okay, well, so again, he was, you know, we we knew we saw something. I mean, this guy's got psh, he's got a lot. I mean, he's, he's a hell of a hand. You know what I'm saying? But he wasn't there long enough for me to say it. Over an HW guy who made it big,
1: yeah, it was,
4: right. There, like me say Austin was an HW guy, but he wasn't. We're just a transition for him in between one company to the next. Would you it was
0: heatwave 96.
4: you would, guys are good
3: would you consider foley an ecw guy
4: yeah because he was just yeah. a couple years yeah i mean he was the kick into the hardcore guy the hardcore legend yeah uh, we
1: we watched uh we watched one of those uh i don't know hidden treasures whatever the show is that wwe goes around and i guess foley's one of the hosts now and uh you know for years he had long hair so now without his long hair you see his mangled ear and my kid asked me, he goes, what's wrong with his ear? I go, he lost it in Germany years ago, which was funny because then I started telling him the stories about the I'm hardcore promos. Where he'd be like, oh, I have to read something. Let me put on my glasses. Oh, they won't stay on because I'm hardcore.
4: <laughs> how great was that turn? Amazing. We thought it was, any, we could not, between Paul and I, we're both very creative guys. We had no clue how to turn him. We knew he had run scores through what he was doing. So we approached him and he said, let me think about it. He came back with that and says, how about if I go anti-hardcore? I do everything but hardcore. I mat wrestle. I don't give fans the chair shots. I don't give any. And damn, that didn't work. He actually turned himself in front of a crowd that idolized him.
1: And that, and that all stemmed from the Kane-Dewey sign, didn't it?
4: Well, he used that as his yeah. program, yeah. And unfortunately, that guy's sign guy, he never came back after that. Right. He bought season tickets and he was there every show. And that affected him somehow, and he didn't come back.
1: It's crazy.
4: It's he crazy. He was the guy with the Todd Scott sign that made the whole building start doing it. Last
3: was, one for me, Todd, real quick. Uh, you mentioned Paul briefly just uh, in the prior statement here. Uh, what are your thoughts on what he's doing now in, uh, in WWE in terms of on-camera and off-camera?
4: Well, obviously, the Bloodline storyline is brilliant. I mean, it took, made it into a year's storyline. It's almost like, it like Dreamer Raven kind of thing. It just went on and on and on or Sandman Raven, storyline just kept expanding. Now we're adding Tyler, Sandman's kid, now we're adding. You know, it just kept expanding and expanding. Uh, what he's done there, I'm sure that's his writing. has been absolutely brilliant. I think that he may be too old at this point to be the character he's playing. I mean, he still has the gift of gab like nobody, but I think he's a little bit out of place now with, it, with that grouping of 23 and 30-year-old people. Uh, but his writing ability hasn't changed at all. His ability to get someone over hasn't changed at all. The promo. I just think he's a little bit too much in front of the camera.
1: You think it's a rib that they make him carry around those two championship belts everywhere?
4: <laughs> uh, no, they do better ribs than that. There, I think. He, I think he likes that. Open. I'm sure everything he's doing out there, he, it's his decision.
1: Yeah, but those suckers oh, yeah. got to be he, heavy he... to hold for like fifteen, twenty minute promos oh, yeah. and all.
4: <laughs> but they, You know, they give him a lot of leeway there. He's got a lot of rope.
1: Oh, for sure. Let me ask you,
0: you mentioned the Mick Foley turn, and uh, he was in the spotlight recently because of Dark Side of the Ring. I think that Matt Bourne, Born Again thing, I think if that had run its course, I think it would have been amazing. And you were there for that. Um, Is it sad to see someone like Matt Osborne in that condition? Like, that idea was fantastic. Like, he was fucking doing the clown, and he was, like, being reborn with Shane, like – Kill the clown, face.
4: fucking nine one one. Yeah, it was ah. 2 Face. Yeah, right out of the comic strips, and that was a great concept. Since then, I've seen Dustin do it. I've seen other people do it, but yeah, that's the first time we had seen that. That was that was really bright. That was great. It's a great idea that never got the run's course.
1: Yeah,
0: such a shame because I think there was so many, so much legs with that, especially the anti W. Oh, yeah, brilliant Absolutely. stuff here.
4: you uh, are on the so We're
0: on the line with Todd Gordon, the authorized story of how I created ECW available for uh, pre-order tonight. And then tomorrow, you just buy the book. You put it on your Kindle. If you like uh, to hold a book like I do, I already pre-ordered mine, so it might take a day or two to get here. But it's definitely, if you're a wrestling fan, uh, you've enjoyed this Todd Gordon interview, you like ECW, you just want a book that kind of, uh, as Kevin said, is kind of a success story. Uh, you should definitely check out Todd Todd's God, the authorized story of how I created Extreme Championship Wrestling. Todd, do you have a favorite story that you tell in this book?
4: Well, you know, my favorite angles was like the Sandman blinding angle. I mean, that was possibly the best angle we ever did. Yep. I thought, I and mean, we had a bunch of 1,500 people there. Literally, a thousand or more were smart to the business who thought nothing could be walking out and saying. Is there an op the just in the house? <laughs> <laughs> no? Okay, good. <laughs> you know, but that was so real. The wrestlers were calling me up for two weeks. The earth what do you earth, saying, man, what's going on with Salem? The sheet writers, like, right? talking about Dave Shearer, who I respect tremendously. Todd, Salem, man, okay? okay? We don't know. Like, everybody bought that. Everybody. And we never smartened the boys up. till so the night he came back to rip the bandages off. And he wouldn't answer his phone. I mean, he's great like that. He knows how to play you know, play the angle out. So he never took a wrestler's call. Pete's always had to answer the phone just He's not taking any calls. And the boys were like, oh, shit, man. Same is really blind. Like, well, that's fucked up. <laughs> so when we did that, that was that was really a great angle. And he's so smart to the business. The you remember fucking a box? Anybody yeah. fucking a box? Yes. Yeah. Was well,
0: that uh that they did that with fucking stupid DC Drake, right?
4: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so the whole idea was that you know, Sammy couldn't wrestle and had concussions. So he comes out, dressed, and he's going to bring out his guy, bring box, out comes DC Drake. Of course the crowd shits on it That's what we wanted them to do. Sammy starts fighting with him and he knocks him into the box and he pulls him out with a blanket on top of him, pulls him over the ring as Terry Funk. What made that angle work was Sammy was smart enough to go to the store and buy two pair of red, white, blue sweatpants, the exact same sweats. None of us thought of that. They pulled funk out of there in a different outfit. You know him right away when you saw his pants. But Sammy made that angle work by thinking it through. Going, got looking the exact same. He comes out and he's covered from the top. When you're going to you see his bottom. And that's what made that angle go. What a great angle that was. That like flag came off a of funk. That place went berserk. It was a great angle.
1: Incredible.
0: Absolutely incredible. Todd, this has been an unbelievable talk. Uh, I am super excited for this book to drop tomorrow. I can't wait to get my hands on it. I hope you enjoyed your time
4: here. Guys, I had a blast here. I hope after the book comes out, you read it, we can do it again and discuss
0: it.
4: 100%.
0: 100%. Absolutely. Cool. Absolutely. Todd.
4: Great show. Thanks so much.
0: Oh, Todd, thank you, man. It was an absolute pleasure. I'm so glad we can make this work. And I'm again, I can't put over how excited I am for this book tomorrow. Thank you Before you so I let you go, I got to ask. I ask everybody this question every time oh, we're on the show. Oh, here we go. Oh, no,
4: here All right,
0: Todd. Got to do it. When was the last time you shit your pants?
4: Childhood? I'm, uh, I don't know. I couldn't That's tell you. Surely not the ring.
0: That's what you're trying to get at now. No, look, look. Everyone's got a story. Some of the wrestlers, maybe they make bad decisions in their uh, travel, travel snacks.
4: <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, we, not, not me. Sorry.
0: No, you're that Todd. I'm going to let you know. a secret. You're an outlier. You're one of the few that didn't have a shit their pants story. Yeah, well, I was the only
4: wrestler a few times in the ring, so
0: who knows? Yeah, but it's not just in the ring. It's just in life. Everybody, you know. Shits their pants, or at least I like to tell people
4: that. <laughs> okay,
3: we'll talk about that later. he literally just said it was a great interview and a great show, and then you hit him with the shit in your pants question.
4: Hey, we rises to the top. You
3: know what?
1: When when Todd comes back, the first story he's going to tell us is he's going to say, "Guess what?
4: No sooner was off gonna... the air with you guys." And boom.
1: Icons of
0: wrestling, at a line, <laughs> <laughs> 100 feet, signing autographs. I had a fucking something for the diner that morning, and I, and I shit my jaws.
4: Guys, thank you. Thank That's you,
0: Todd. Todd.
1: Thank you. Thank well, pleasure. pleasure. We love, love to get you back on after we all get a chance to read the book. 100 I
4: enjoyed it that much. would love to come back. Beautiful. Awesome. Uh,
1: Thanks nice. again, Todd. Best yeah, of luck guys. with the book.
4: Thank you so Todd much. Todd
0: is God. Todd Gordon. Uh, the Authorized Story of How I Created Extreme Championship Wrestling. Pre-order it right now on Amazon or tomorrow when it comes out or wherever you get your books. Uh, And,
1: oh, God. (laughs) You're looking good, t Donk. I'm always looking good. Look at me. You look very svelte.
3: Thank you. That was awesome.
1: Todd's an awesome dude. That
3: was good. Yeah.
2: I am very much looking forward to that book like it just, it, i just i want to i want to know i want to read the stuff with i love tommy Dreamer, you know that's cool. i'm kicking up like not asking him a little bit about tommy but uh yeah I'm, I'm very excited for that read
1: you know i i'm going on vacation next week i got a flight to look forward to might have to uh you know a little something for on the plane there
3: you go. Uh, guys you know what i'm doing i'm doing a live on podcast purchase of the book fuck yeah i'm gonna do it
0: Tony, I do wanna. I mean, I don't commend you took the wheel for the start of that uh, interview. I I was just making a
1: joke before, but I was, I was excited for that. Told you it was time to get extreme, bro. And you know, Mike Peterson, we we did talk before the interview about Magenta possibly doing it, but uh, I think it worked out well. That's all I got.
0: He genuinely enjoyed it. Have a good night, he said. Awesome, dude.
1: I would talk to him every month for the rest of the year and even into next year.
0: Oh, his stories are fantastic. I, I mean, I'm very excited for the book.
1: And he, you could tell right away when I jumped in, like, he was here to play ball. So I was like, all right, let's do it, you know?
3: Book has been ordered. Just got Awesome.
1: It. He opened up with a Metal Maniac story. Well, how could you yeah. go wrong with that interview?
3: <laughs> There's no way you would ever let him not, like, talk about Metal Maniac. Like, you wanted to do that. Like, oh, we had
1: to, for sure.
3: That was your agenda.
2: The painting my house line was fucking gold.
1: Yes. Fucking
2: gold.
0: Tony, you're going to listen back to this and go, I said we opened with a Metal Maniac line. How could we go wrong? Oh, that could have gone so fucking wrong.
3: (laughs) (laughs) So, Tony, what is exactly his history with Metal Maniac and Gino and all that stuff?
1: Well, I mean, Metal Maniac is, like, he's, I guess, Jimmy Snuka's handler, best friend. Like, everywhere Jimmy wrestled, like, nine times out of ten it was against the Metal Maniac.
3: I, I just thought uh, Todd Gordon at some point had something to do with ECPW.
1: No, 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 but Gino and Bear and, like, because, you know, Todd, when he was running Tri-State, well, when Tri-State was running, Joel Goodhart's problem was he was pulling in people that he could not possibly afford. Apparently he came into money from some sort of inheritance. I think that's how the story went. So he was booking, like, fucking names from the NWA and old WWF guys and tons of stuff like that, Right. So then when when Todd came in, Todd started booking like all the local guys. So he started booking guys like, you know, the Executioners and, you know, like guys like Gino and guys like the Tasmaniac and people like that. And he was able to bring in, you know, some folks like Terry Funk, who he knew, and Eddie Gilbert, who he knew. So it was more of just like the beginnings of Eastern where he was booking the local guys. And guys like Tito was available, Uh, uh, Metal Maniac, who's close with Don Morocco. So Don Morocco was coming in for a lot of that stuff. You know, Former
3: world champion Don Morocco, now of
1: course, yeah,
3: shit, so yeah. If, so if Metal Maniac was like so close with all these guys, why didn't he ever get like a, a shot, somewhere? I think
1: Metal was Maniac be- was probably just happy being a journeyman, being somebody that worked with Snuka. You know what I'm saying? Like follow Snuka in his later career. Like I said, most of the time he was wor- unless a promoter wanted him to work somebody else, he was bringing Metal Maniac with him, and those guys can put on a, a good match. Like they worked well together. They, they should have, they worked together for years, you know?
3: Yeah. No, nah, you just, you just like always hear like, of like the biggest stars looking out for their buddies and like getting opportunities. And like Jimmy, like at one point, Jimmy Snooker was one of the biggest stars in the world. So the fact that I don't, I mean, I don't know when metal maniacs career started. So like, I don't know if like, would he have been a wrestler at the time where Snooker was like peaking in the eighties? I'll, I'll tell, tell you right I now.
1: I don't know. I know for sure that when I was training up at uh, ECPW, he was already there, and he was working with like a few of the younger guys here and there as well. So I so, would assume uh, he had started according, at some point
0: before to, that. I'm sorry to cut you off, Tony. According oh, to the Metal Maniac cage match, uh, he first started in 1992, oh, okay. uh, and he actually was on a lot of the uh, Eastern Championship wrestling shows in 1992 with wins over a Stevie Richards. There you go. Uh, uh uh lost by DQ. He did a couple of those to Tony Stetson. Okay. He lost to the Samoan Warrior who was Samoa Oh not that's his birthplace. Jesus Christ. It's awful. <laughs> <laughs> it's not awful. It's fucking
3: it's fucking LA Smooth. What yeah.
0: what's wrong with
1: me? Rosie Jamal?
3: No, LA yeah. Smooth is one of those like guys who never made it. Oh. But he's smooth he's is, uh, Lloyd, Lloyd yeah. and a while.
1: Well, Lloyd, of course. Lloyd. That Lloyd. sounds Samoan to me.
0: <laughs> uh the uh, Hell Riders. Hi,
1: I'm Lloyd. I'm from the Isle of Samoa. Hello, <laughs> uh, Lloyd.
0: The Hell Riders, Easy Rider and H D Rider defeated Rock and Rebel in the Metal. HD
1: mean. Rider. What does that stand for, HK?
3: Our dick. Fuck yeah. What about <laughs> Zack Rider? Trying. Was he was he in that?
0: i'm pretty sure i have an hd Rider autograph i'm sure you do
3: on
2: your dick
0: <laughs> No. This... okay so there's oh yeah. oh yeah get it tattooed back in the, the 90s my father were, used to work for uh, a water company they yeah and the, and the ultimate warrior used to work for PSE and g no asshole. <laughs> neither confirmed or denied um <laughs> He worked for this American Eagle Water Company. They were right in East Orange, and they they were the sponsors for uh, this thing called the Midland Run. And it was like some big event in the fucking middle of nowhere in a giant field. And you just we'd go with them, and they just like hand out fucking gallons of water. But at this thing, there were people signing autographs, like Bobby Thompson, Uncle Floyd. And then there were all these fucking wrestlers. I have a Misty Blue autograph. Fuck I have a yeah. H- an HD Ryder autograph. I have all these autographs. Cousin Luke. People I didn't, I was like 10. I had no fucking clue who these people were, but they were wrestlers.
1: Hillbilly yeah. Cousin Luke actually shit canned me from the uh, Christmas Battle Royal at ECPW. I think, he's, uh, I think he's Sleepy Van Damme's uncle or relative. I think he is. You're right. That's right. Holy shit! By the way, Misty Blue and Cat huh, they they were getting booked a lot by uh, Todd Gordon back in the day. So yeah, we missed out on gonna, seeing Misty a Misty Blue match.
0: I want to dig the dig. I want to dig those up. One so one here's
1: one. the funny thing: when Maccabee Mania was a thing, uh, Misty Blue and Cat LaRue plied their trade on the first show there. I've seen you that match.
0: Love fucking Maccabee, bro.
1: Nothing, nothing to write home about. By the way, I watch those goddamn DVDs. The fucking Maccabee matches aren't even on the fucking things. I don't even know what the fuck they did with these DVDs that I bought. Is
0: it the Mighty Maccabee?
1: Fucking Mighty Maccabee, dude. And for those who don't, so... This- Yo, listen, if you hear shit on the show that we're talking about, you got a GTS, man. You'll fucking learn an awful lot about East Coast wrestling. Just, just do a little Googling. Take you three minutes to catch up. I mean, we've told the the stories about Maccabee Mania fucking many times on the show. I'm sorry, Matt. Go ahead.
0: No, you're good. He was like a money mark, and he would have these shows in his backyard, and he'd bring in, like, the Iron Sheik and all these fucking old wrestlers. But then the DVDs he would put in, like, they would put in, like, the dollar bins at all these fucking, the Walmart, the Kmart. So you just walk in, you see Mighty Maccabee Wrestling for a buck on a DVD in, like, the late 90s. You're like, fuck, yeah, I'm buying this. And this was a huge success for this dude.
1: I spent 15 bucks on my two copies on ebay they were brand new though in fairness but they did not have the mighty maccabee matches i think i got the the discount versions of them i even yeah, got robbed buying the fucking cut rate versions of the dvds they would do them in like our backyard he didn't like livingston yeah no the one was in his front yard in the fucking street he put up one of them like 20 by 20 tents and it was like people's grandmothers sitting in the front row. I think it was for some kid's birthday or bar mitzvah or some shit. And this fucking guy would dress up with the mask. He was the mighty Maccabee and he'd beat up the Iron Sheik, you know. Because I guess I ran in Israel. I don't know. This is, uh, <laughs> I found the show from uh, March. Ken first, Patera, night. friend of the show, was on those fucking things.
0: Fuck him, that fucking asshole.
1: This is uh, Maccabee <laughs> Mania 2. Electric Boogaloo. Shekel Slam shekel slam no way yes S- no S- way S-
0: s-h-e-k-e-l yeah
1: we know what shekels are
0: uh this took place at the livingston high school in livington livingston new jersey 380 people jam-packed the uh, auditorium uh devin storm
1: and ace darling worked that show didn't
0: they yes you fuck you're so weird how you know some of this shit i love it dude
1: here they are they were sold under the Grand Masters of wrestling cover so this one's got Ace Darling versus Dangerous Devin. I mean, right. does it also have
0: uh, the Iron Mike Sharp King Kong Bundy double count out?
1: Yes, it's got that on here. It's got Metal Maniac versus Jimmy Superfly Snuka and so much more. Eleven and
0: a half a half minutes of Gold Bam Bam Bigelow Nikolai Volkov double DQ. Yep, right there. There it is. Brent right clown there. who was played by Mike Kalua defeated a very young Steve Wait, was that Carino. Is that
1: King Kalua? That could very well be King Kalua. Yes. Fuck yeah.
0: And then uh, the Mighty Maccabee with Ken Patera defeats the Iron Sheik with Ali, Ben, Shore, and yeah, see,
1: Sharp. It says Mighty minutes. Maccabee right there is one of the wrestlers, but he's not even on the fucking DVD.
0: Uh, joke's on you.
1: Yeah, right. I, I guess so. Oh, by the way, Classy Freddie Blassie sings Pencil Neck Geek, and I uh, Nikolai Volkov sings Hava Nagila.
2: I, say, I got a couple of those Grand Masters of Wrestling DVDs, Tony. You can't trust the label.
1: Well, these are these are the first blood versions, which obviously have no blood on them anyway. So, I don't... So, I don't, I don't, I don't Tony, think. I found the one that
0: was held at the House of Jeff Buchans. There you go.
1: Buchans, Buchantz
0: Mania, run a while. This was just Maccabee Mania. Mr. Yep. Motion defeated Ace Darling. Yep, great match, by the way. Iron Mike Shark, Sharp over the Cheetah Kid. Lots of...
1: Oh! Ah, ah! this is 1993 too 1993. yeah 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 misty blue over linda dallas oh linda dallas that was it it wasn't cat larue it was linda dallas nikolai volkoff iron cheek double count out yeah that that one's pretty good Wait, they
0: fought each other <laughs> yeah yeah dominic Danucci over johnny Hotbody. <laughs> i don't think that was on the dvd <laughs> baron von ratzky killer kowalski that definitely DVD. was not on the dvd <laughs> And your main event, the tag team, the Ken Patera and the Mighty Maccabee, defeated Iron Mike Sharp and Iron Sheik. Sheik and Sharp doing double duty.
1: Fuck yeah, dude. They had to. Mighty Maccabee needed some challengers. There were 325 people at this fucking house in Livingston
0: to watch. It was fucking- in
1: the front yard, dude. It was like on the street. People were <laughs> walking out this dude's front door to go to the ring. It's fucking amazing.
0: Holy fucking shit. You can probably
1: find these cards on YouTube. I guarantee you you can find them. If not, go to the old Daily Motion, our favorite place to go when you're looking for copyrighted shit. Well, Tony, (sighs) I'm
0: going to tell you where my favorite place to go is.
1: Him, ahead of her lanes.
0: No, my favorite place is to go
1: over the top. Oh, shit, we're doing that? Wait a minute, you fuck. I thought we were doing plugs. The fucking well. other laptop. All right, all right give, give it to me again. Give it to me again.
0: All right. My favorite place to go, Tony, is
1: over the top.
2: Woo! On Monday Night Raw, Gunther defeats Matt Riddle. Chelsea Green and Sunny Deville defeat Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez to become your new women's tag team champions. Vikings rules tag team match. The Viking Raiders defeat Alpha Academy. Shayna Baszler defeats Nikki Cross. Bronson Reed defeats Shinsuke Nakamura via DQ. And Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn defeat The Judgment Day on SmackDown. Rey Mysterio defeats Cameron Grimes, LA Knight, and Sheamus in the United States Invitational 4-Way. Charlotte Flair defeats EO Sky. Santos Escobar defeats Austin Theory. And Dominic Mysterio defeats Butch. NXT, Dragon Lee and Nathan Frazier defeat Angel Garza and Umberto Carrillo. Kiana James defeats G.G. Nolan. Oh, yeah. Bronco Nima and Lucian Price defeat Axiom and Scripps. Thea Hale defeats Electric Lopez. <laughs> Ora Mensa defeats Betty Thorpe. And Dominic Mysterio defeats Wesley to become your new WWE NXT North American hey, champion. You missed the, You missed the tag team elimination match.
0: He didn't read the new notes oh hot hot assault chesty larue and felicia mccrevis defeated the flying benelli sisters benelli one and two
2: gotcha and the uh the ogiris were the special enforcers on the outside
1: (laughs) tony take me over the top if i were a female wrestler predisposed to shitting my pants my name would probably be kayla (laughs) sharts Kayla Shorts.
0: I see what you did there. And the irony of that is that over on AEW Dynamite, Jack Perry defeated Hook to become the brand-new FTW uh, world champion. Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, defeated Kayla, Kayla Shorts.
1: Oh, Sparks, sorry. Uh,
0: the Blind Eliminator Tag Team Tournament final match. Adam Cole and MJF defeated the Jericho Appreciation Society, Daniel Garcia and Sammy Guevara. In blood and guts, the Golden Elite, Adam Page, Kenny Omega, Kota Ibushi, Matt and Nick Jackson defeated the Blackpool Combat Club. Claudio Castagnolis, John Moxley, uh Moxley. Yuta, <laughs> Taka and Pac. Pac. Over on Rampage, the AEW TNT number one contenders, Royal Rampage match. Darby Allen won. He beat a bunch of dudes. Billy Gunn, the acclaimed, defeated uh, QTV, Aaron Solo, Johnny TV, and QT Marshall. Then Billy Gunn, uh, he did something else on collision. No, I'm going to talk about that, too. On A.W.T.B.S. title uh, match, Chris Statlander defeated Marina Shafir. Overall collision that took place right here in Newark, New Jersey, home of XPW. Uh, Bullet Club Gold, Jay White and Juice Robinson uh, defeated Action Andretti and Darius Martin. Miro defeated Nick Camarado. The House of Black defeated Billy Glun and the acclaimed Glenn. And Billy Glenn, Billy Gunn did his best Damian Dragon impersonation. Ty of Valkyrie defeated Sky Blue and Kristen Cage and Reggie Starks. With the dinosaur defeated, the Pepsi Man and the Skateboard Kid, Tony, take it
1: over the top. Humans are prolific shedders with about six hundred thousand particles of skin flaking off every hour. By age seventy, humans lose an average of one hundred and five pounds of skin. This means the average wrestling fan would have to live to be about 280 to get to a healthy weight.
3: <laughs> All right. Well, why don't you guys take a walk with me, if you will? And let's head on over to Impact Wrestling, where Rich Swan and Sammy Callahan defeat the good hands Jason Hodge and John Skyler. Jake something making his return at, uh, at the pay-per-view and now defeats Kevin Knight. Uh, Courtney Rush. The black Rush- one. De- oh, God. It really like Savannah Evans, Dirty Dango, defeats Santino Morella in his first match back in a very long time. Impact World Tag Team title match, subculture, Flash Morgan, Webster, Mark Andrews, defeat ABC, that is Chris Bay and Ace Austin, Tony, take me over the top.
1: You guys are gonna really fucking hate this one gray rape david Starr has more Meltzer rated five-star matches than kurt angle oh it's true october 26 2019 david Starr versus apparently wwe star jordan devlin for over the top wrestling's fifth anniversary show yikes
0: <laughs> the uh, before i just want to i just want to show some some love for the chat uh brendan haney uh nothing but of- <laughs> the the parts
3: i can't believe we're doing kayla this dirty mm.
2: oh, on nwa
3: power i colby think if
1: Carino. she falls and hurts her ass she'd be called kayla smarts
2: oh that is, yeah Smarts. <laughs> on nwa power <laughs> colby carrito defeats alex taylor uh tom latifor defeats maria pardua?
0: pardua mario mario you fucking adult. <laughs> Maria, oh,
2: Maria. Yeah, all right, Billy Glun. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey! Castagnoli. I got to take my only shots when I can. All right, Daisy Kill and Dallas defeat Magic Inc. The Fixers defeat the Spectaculars. Kenzie Page defeats Samantha Star. Tony, over the top, of me, babe.
1: Researchers found that roughly one in every 10,000 chickens is gynandromorphous, meaning they hatch half male and half female. I have no idea what pronouns it uses, but I'd still call it what it is delicious.
0: Uh, You could do better.
1: Oh, it'll get better. Don't worry. (laughs) All right.
0: Ring of Honor had a pay per view Friday night, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, Death Before Dishonor in a pure. Pure rules match. Josh Woods defeated Tracy Williams. Action Andretti and Darius Martin defeated the workhorseman. Layla Hirsch defeated Trisha Dora. AR Fox defeated Shane Taylor. Gravity <laughs> defeated Commander and Owen Hart. Of um, Ring of Honor World Television title Samoa Joe retained against <laughs> To the Castle. You
1: fucking asshole. Uh,
0: Ring of Honor World Tag Team <laughs> title Four Way Match. Austin, Oz, Austin, Ozzy Open defeated the Best Friends, the Kingdom, and the Lucha Brothers to become the new Ring of Honor World Tag Team Champions. The Ring of Honor six-man titles are on the line as the Mogul Embassy defeated Leon Ruffin and Six or Nine. Uh, Katsuyori Shibata successfully retained his pure title over Daniel Garcia. In a fight without honor, the Dark Order defeated Stu Gratian and the Righteous. <laughs> In the Ring of Honor World Title match, Claudio Casinoli <laughs> defeated Pac. And in your main event, the Ring of Honor Women's World Title, Athena defeated Willow Nightingale. Tony, take it over the top.
1: Most lipstick contains fish scales. This is so ladies could have two pairs of lips that smell like fish. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh...
0: Uh, I don't know where I don't know what ladies you're hanging around with, but you better stop.
3: All right. Well, obviously <laughs> obviously we're saving the best for last with MLW. <laughs> <laughs> uh, where Billy Starks defeats Becca in an opera cup 2023 first round match. Davey Boysmith Jr. defeats Calvin Tagman and that's fucking it. Uh, so Tony, take us over the top.
1: In Mexico, professional wrestling is known as lucha libre. Good guys are called rudos, and bad guys are. Oh, wait, strike that, reverse it. Good guys are called technicos. Fucking Matt's rubbing off on me. And bad guys are called rudos. So, what do they call the average lucha libre fan? Maldito perdedor! perdedor! We are bilingual here on the Shining Wizards. Yeah, when we get that
0: chartable digest and we spike it in Mexico, I'll know why.
1: Fuck yeah, dude! Maldito <laughs> perdedor. Let's see here. Uh, what does Peterson. it actually mean? It means
0: fucking loser. Mike Peterson. If she was playing card, she was a playing card. Her name would be Kayla Hartz. I like it. Uh, <laughs> Haynes, that joke stunk. <laughs> get it? The fish joke. Of course, I did. Good stuff. Good stuff there. Uh, On a flesh like,
3: scale from one to ten, that was a negative one. Uh, I know we're like, hey, if yeah. Kayla
1: went out to buy pastry she'd be called Kayla Tarts. No. <laughs>
3: oh, no. If Kayla needed, to if she buy- studied
1: a lot in school, she'd be called Kayla
3: Smarts. If Kayla needed to, to get it to replace a part for a car, she'd be called Kayla Auto Parts. All right, ruined a bit. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs>
1: We, uh, oh, if she liked to drink some beers and throw some pointy things, she'd be called Kayla Darts. Mm. Yeah, that sucked too.
2: Yeah. At least, least I wasn't the last one. <laughs> well, it's funnier when it's a porn star altogether, really. That's that's the lesson here. <laughs> yes. We, uh,
0: I, I told a story at the beginning of the show, and I know we're deep in the show, but how are you guys doing?
3: You're great. You're fantastic. I, th- I mean, I can't speak for them, but I'm doing aces and baby.
1: Yeah, doing fantasticals. I don't know.
3: I, yeah? I, I've had a great week since last we
1: talked.
0: Yeah. Now, uh, I'm glad you said that, Kevin, because your, uh, your text messages on Saturday would indicate that the purchase of AEW's
2: Fight Forever,
0: <laughs> <laughs> those <laughs> texts would say, other. they said you did not have a great, you're not doing great. Hey, hey,
2: I had a great week. I got a couple of new tattoos, always a positive thing. And then f- Friday, I downloaded Fight Forever and wasted uh, about 85 bucks.
0: Now, why did you go for the, uh, the the big the big extra
2: package? Well, because uh, you're going to get it sooner or later anyways. Just fuck you, yeah. $25. Just do it now. Get the whole fucking pass and all that kind of shit, which now I wish I wouldn't have got any of it, but <laughs>
3: <laughs> you're really not really that bad. The game fucking sucks.
2: <laughs> it fucking sucks.
3: What kind of standards do you hold video games to, though? I don't know what that question even fucking means. <laughs> like, <I> mean, <laughs> you're the only person that I've heard that said that it absolutely blows. Okay. So I've,
2: I I burned pretty much all of Saturday playing the game. Uh, and I burned some of Sunday playing it too. Because I'm trying to find a spot in which I enjoy it. The, the story mode is garbage. It's just fucking garbage. Garbage. If I gotta know about Big Doe in D.C. again, I'm probably slit my fucking wrists.
0: Well, yeah. You don't have to wait. You don't have to go and eat every time.
2: No, you don't have to. But if that little fucking thing says you better go there because something's happening, you better fucking go there because something's happening. And I gotta take another fucking goddamn picture with Sting on the beach. Sting. Sting on the, or it's like when you're in Austin, they're like, oh, well, this. This isn't so good anymore, but, but now it's an art installation. Woo! The fucking storylines are so bad. The storylines
3: are so fucking bad. Matt, do you have the game? I do. So what are your thoughts on the game? Oh, he loves it. Uh, like the
0: gameplay, I enjoy very much because it's much like an N64 sure. model. What is that? Your eyes just got giant like saucers. Please share.
2: Rem- okay so go back and remember the n64 i think there was more moves on the n64 game than there is on this game
1: now have I, you they had do- to make room for all the locations that you can go eat at all the extra bullshit and they're
0: like have you have you gone and created a wrestle and or have you customized your moves because you can in the story mode. You can go in and change your wrestler's finishers, and as you uh, accumulate points in different levels,
1: you can unlock more moves.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. I've been playing the fucking game. I know. Okay. Yeah, it's trash. It's trash.
1: Did you wish you picked up Lawn Mowing Simulator like you texted us?
2: Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking that that would have been more enjoyable. I think. The- all right, I
1: got. All right, I got to ask you. I got to ask you. Oh, MB, don't disappoint me, babe
2: don't do that to me did you making the random pictures with the wrestlers
0: in the storyline mode is the best part I didn't mean to fucking
2: photography simulating game did you enjoy game
1: did you enjoy your jumbo slice at long doe in DC (laughs) you're goddamn right I had a bro if you if you're not playing this game to eat a jumbo (laughs) slice from fucking long dough? you're doing little, fucking you're doing little, life wrong, bro. Little
2: fucking like history lesson about each food and every place, and then you got to pick if you're a vegetarian or not.
1: Wait, 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 I, wait, wait! I, awesome. I gotta, I gotta ask you: Were you, were you CM Punk, Luchasaurus, or the fucking confused waitress?
2: No, that's not confused. That's fear. That's a feared <laughs> waitress. Man. What the?
3: She doesn't want to go on rotisserie, but I just don't think there's any other way it's going down. So wait, I'm I'm, I'm confused because I know nothing about the game. I haven't played video games in like ten years. I saw the last don't start now. X- no. Don't start now, KG. X- yeah. X- Xbox 360 is the most recent console I own. So why are there restaurants in the game?
1: <laughs> well, Kevin, if you're not interested in going to restaurants to get your energy up, you could take in a little history with CM Punk at the Lincoln Memorial. <laughs>
3: can you answer my freaking question first before- <laughs>
1: Or you could get a picture with Abaddon at the Liberty Bell.
3: <laughs> yeah, but that, that's not real gameplay. That's got to yes. be like. Yes, it 100%. is. Oh, no, it's real
2: gameplay. One hundred percent.
1: Did you fill Abby's crack, by the way? <laughs> I tried,
2: but I couldn't find it.
1: <laughs> so, uh, she's still, she's uh, K- still a little chubby, huh?
0: <laughs> K- KJG, in the story mode.
3: You go out to eat with your friends.
0: You so if you are if your energy is depleted, your health is depleted, you can go and get something to eat and that will give you plus sixty energy points,
3: right? So do you have to like invite people? Like do you have to invite no, CM no, no. like Do you have to invite
0: Sometimes dudes just show up and they say things to you.
3: <laughs> Do they, what if they don't call you back like is that a, is that included in the game like hey you man. know what
0: i so apparently there is a storyline mode where you could go out to eat with somebody so this goes back a couple weeks ago where someone said you can go on a date with aubrey edwards i have not come across that scenario yet handsome kevin in your almost two days of playing did you get to invite a talent out to eat lunch or dinner
2: yes i did get to invite a talent out for dinner
0: is I that did. why you went to dinner with the dinosaur
2: uh no no that's he shows up and I've played so many different angles of the storyline he just shows up at that rest he's he's waiting for you he's ready uh, it's oh my god it's so fucking bad and they got these fucking mini games are you fucking me with this here comes Matt Jackson but his head's a baseball get ready to swing you don't like the baseball game fuck off fuck off and then there's this little remember which way to go because if you don't go that way you're gonna fall into the hole it's fucked all these coins are you
3: better collect all the coins it's a
2: fucking wrestling game i want to
3: wrestle so you're, you're you're i guess if you had to pick like a description of this game it's like dude you're trying too hard no trash
2: just trash
3: It's just the story. It it, it feels like a bad
2: college product. Like, like a college kids got together to make this project and they went, Yeah, we'll do this. The fucking jokes in it are gross. If I gotta find out that fucking Penta wanted to be a bull rider again, are you fucked? Are you fucked with this bullshit? It is. And again, I'm trying. I I haven't given up on it yet. I haven't given, and I should. No, I don't. Given. I haven't given up on it yet because you know what? I've started it. I've invested. I'm gonna play every fucking storyline until I get everything on. My, I'm gonna play everything. So far, absolute shit. So what have you? Uh, have Matt you Hardy stole my luggage. Like whoa, 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 that's what we're doing. We're driving now. Matt Hardy stealing my fucking luggage.
3: That actually sounds about right. Oh, it's fucking it's bad.
2: And then then I win the tag team titles with Matt Hardy just to super kick him. And that story's over. No explanation. We're still the the tag champions, but we're going on our merry ways. Wait, they made you super kick him? Yep. That's the other thing. They ask you, like, hey, you want to join the Dark Order? Sure. Why not? I'll join the Dark Order. Next playthrough, hey, you want to join the Dark Order? Nope, I've already done that. Well, guess what? Fuck you. You're joining anyways. Why give me the fucking
3: option? Why do it? So how is, like, the actual, like, can you just, like, choose, like, to, like, do you think it's better? Do you think it would be better if, like, you were playing with other people as opposed to just the storyline mode? I
2: hope nobody else plays this game, Kevin. It's trash. Oh, man. It's
3: trash. Have you you tried online? I have not tried
2: online yet. I have
0: not. Have you tried? Have you just done, have you done, uh, have you done the barbed wire exploding
2: death match? Yeah, I had to. I was forced into it. It sucked. (laughs) How many ma- how many match styles do they have? They got the barbed wire, they got the ladder, they got your casino battle royal, which you can only have four people in the fucking match at any given time. It's way too easy to eliminate people. It's bad, man. It's bad, and you know what? It's really fucking easy to tag and getting it out of the ring too. That's on you, buddy boy. That's easy. I've never, look, I never said I was an expert. Oh
1: man. Uh, just just to let people know, if you want to get it at a bit of a discount, you can go to cdkeys.com. dot uh, com. Uh, they're not a sponsor, but I usually buy some stuff there. You get a uh, they have like eight or nine dollars off on the Xbox version. You can get the PC version for about seven bucks off. Uh, oh, that's the Elite Edition. The Elite Edition is actually only fifty four dollars on CD Keys for for your PC. So does that
3: come with professional malfeasance? <sighs> it's the Elite
1: oh all right
3: oh come on man that was good
1: i know i'm just i'm confused now yeah. um you can actually get it for pc the the regular version for like 37 bucks yeah save a couple of bucks if you want to get it from there yeah. you know what
2: else they fucking add in this game so the entrances are shit. the entrances are absolute shit. but you know what you can do when you when your wrestler's coming down you press one of the buttons to make either smoke go or the fireworks and stuff like that's not what you, you like- need to be adding into the game do you like the one that looks like a bullet hole? Oh yeah, in my head when I'm playing this motherfucker. Oh boy. Golly.
0: This is intense. But the gameplay is fun. Like when you wrestle, you have fun.
2: So here's the here's the thing. So the, the gameplay is nostalgic, but you can you can really only do nostalgic stuff for so long, man. It's for so long. So like all right, I, I got my Switch. I'll play old Nintendo games, right? I'll play the original Mario Golf, NES style, right? Enjoy playing that, but you could only play about a round and a half before you'd step back up into the the new Mario Golf, the Switch Golf, right? Same thing with Mario Kart. You could play the old one, sure, it's nostalgic, but then you got to step back up and, and and play with today's like that that fucking shit's yep, so bad. it's so bad. It's yeah.
1: Uh, I I hate to say it, HK. Your review's making me want to buy the fucking game.
2: Yeah, and probably just. To, like I hope, I, Tony. For you, I hope you do because I need somebody to share this misery with. <laughs> you got Matt. No, He's he uh, he fucking got a boner over this pile of shit.
0: I enjoyed it. Uh, that look, uh, I've only I ha- and I don't have a ton of time to play it, so I've only played it. I went once through with Lance Archer. Now I'm going through with Adam Page, but I haven't finished.
1: You picked the one. worst characters to play this game with.
3: <laughs> should you well, you should have uh, picked a female
1: like you should have been yuka sakasaki oh i don't want to yeah not enough females in the fucking game hey hk would the game be better if you get the kenny omega storyline with say like a blow-up doll yeah
2: that'd be fucking great no tony no oh, Go- golly man golly. what if
1: what if uh, is michael nakazawa in it
2: no he uh no no, he's not.
1: See, because you get the fucking Concho storyline going where they're fucking diddle each there's, other in the There's, pool there's only
2: like 40 guys that come standard with the game. 44 guys or something like that. They got a roster of 6,000 people. We and Alex, people. Re- Alex
3: Reynolds isn't even in the game, is he?
2: No, no, he's not. But guess that- what? You can press a button to pick what pyro you want to go off when your superstars come into the ring.
3: Fuck off. That's Fuck a shame. E- Evil Uno, John Silver are in the game. Alex Reynolds is not. That's a yeah. fucking shame.
0: Mike Peterson says, "Grow yeah. a sack and play as your created character." It's Mike Peterson, guys, he got some stones. Yeah. He says HK is the number one uh, seed in the Fight Forever G1. Uh, Lisa checking in. Sounds like an episode of Dynamite. I thought that while I was playing it. Yeah, I game wrong. Scott George. So Vince is booking this game.
1: Oh my god, Brendan's fucking crushing it.
0: Brendan Haney. Uh, <laughs> Jeff Hardy steals your luck as a result drugs. <laughs> Unlock that mini game.
1: <laughs> oh, you think there's you think there's shit like hot coffee, like you can play and like you get like a nude scene with like one of the wrestlers.
2: Uh, not yet, man.
1: A not nude scene? What fucking video <laughs> games are you playing, dude, bro? All right, you're not familiar with the hot coffee scene from fucking GTA five. No, you need to no. GT, you need to GTS. Yeah, there's like, there was like, they got sued over it and they had to wait, fucking pay out a wait, lot of money. You said GTA, and then you said GTS was the difference. I need GTS to go to is Google that shit if you don't know what it is. Because uh, in GTA has, 5,
0: means fucking go to sleep, dude. Come on.
1: No, fuck that guy. Um, we're not supposed to like him anyway. Boo. Um, so yeah, so GTA 5 had a hidden scene where it was like the main dude, like, bang some, some whore and it was like full everything and they got in trouble for it. And they got sued, and they got penalized, and they had to fucking pay a lot of money, and put in a patch, and all this shit.
0: Yeah, full everything. Fuck, Fuck yeah, dude! Video game boobs and bush—that's what you're. That's what you're into.
1: Yeah, B and B baby. Huh. You wouldn't want to see Aubrey's uh, down there, main? Oh, I want to wrestle like the unmain main.
2: Yeah, put it on this fucking game.
1: <laughs> hey, hey, we LB gotta so- we gotta dodge holes and collect coins. Woohoo! Yeah. This is fight
2: forever, motherfuckers. Yeah. It's so it's so fucking bad.
1: It's- Dude, how long until we get crossover matches and fucking mini games on AEW TV? How great would it be if coins started dropping from the ceiling and like eight of your favorite AEW fucking wrestlers are trying to collect them? <laughs> when are we getting AEW Hunger Games instead of fucking football frenzy or whatever they fucking do?
2: Oh man. Oh, I don't know. So, Matt, Matt, have you you've not played any of the 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 lady storylines to this point?
0: No, I've not played any of the lady storylines. Oh, Speaking, Speaking
3: of lady storylines. Woohoo! <laughs> Good my evening, my lady. Don't do it. That was quite the development. What? Huh? Know, it just happened.
1: <laughs> you, you just came home.
2: Oh, gotcha. Hi, Ray.
0: <laughs> well, uh, do you want to put the headphones on? Do you want to talk to them? Please. Story don't. mode. <laughs> <laughs>
3: There you go. Now that's a development.
1: Fuck yeah, two of them.
3: <laughs> <laughs> on, they develop I mean? quite nicely, if I'm to say so. Oh, yeah, well, that, I'm not going to say that.
1: We're at the Stadium Stampede. <laughs> that's what I mean. Did, can you play Stadium Stampede?
2: Uh, if you have, I, ha- I I haven't yet. I think you I can. haven't
0: yet. It's supposed to be something that's coming.
1: Coming. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. Yeah. yeah uh... It. Everyone
4: uh... in
2: the chat says hello.
0: He says hi, everybody.
2: All right. It's it's uh it's it's so (laughs) so so far it's 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 really just a it's just a horrible horrible. What you don't
0: want to do like a hundred exhibition matches to unlock Owen Hart? I
2: I, I, Matt I when I get a game I, I play the shit out of it. I will unlock everything. I I will play every story. I will do this game. I will. I will dominate. I'll, I'll get everything. But I'm oh. gonna fucking hate every second of it.
0: Oh, we should. Uh, do you know how the Twitch works? Maybe you should stream it on uh, the
2: Wizards
1: Ooh. Twitch. The thing, right?
2: I. I do not know how the. Uh, I've ne- never been on Twitch. I'm not familiar with it. It. Uh...
1: And there's no cross platform, right? Like, so if I get this for like PlayStation, I can't play against you.
2: Correct. Uh, uh, yeah. Okay. Gotcha. That, that part sucks. I wasn't sure. yeah. so My understand.ing Is
0: that they're going dumb. to be there's things that they said they were going to do that when the game came out it doesn't do like cross platform but they're going to fix that.
1: They were too busy visiting the Liberty Bell for authentic photographs for so digitization. You don't like when you go and you look at the lakes and then Abaddon no. jumps out of the bushes. No, you no. Know know. The- you know what they did on Raw? They threw people in the lake. That's what they did. They didn't fucking stand there and take pictures, hold hands, look at the sky.
0: Why? I want, uh handsome Kevin, I want you, if you can, maybe you have some free time. If you could share all your, uh, you can share all your pictures that you take. Okay. You, yeah. Oh, fucking great.
2: You could great.
0: do that on social media so we could all have a good laugh.
2: On one time, I'm fucking like, they're like, I'm a, you're in Minnesota. I was like, sweet, I'm going to check out the food. What food is representing the state in which I hail? What, what sites are we going to see?
1: What Pizza, did
2: I Lake Winnemucca, oh. and who could shows up? Aubrey, Aubrey, get the fuck out of my state! All right, just fucking go. And what do they have have say?
0: Horses, horses in Minnesota? In Minnesota?
2: The, well, uh, they're here. But A juicy Lucy. You know. the, the juicy Lucy. That's that's the food. Unless
1: that's you're order, right? Unless oh, you, yeah.
2: unless you pick vegetarian, then it's
3: fried pickles and poop.
1: I like fried pickles.
3: Uh, I, know I said that. Yeah.
1: You don't like fried pickles.
3: I I love fried fried pickles. pickles,
1: But how do you go from loosey-goosey to fried pickles?
3: Because I I picked
2: vegetarian, Tony, because you have to have that option. Because there's completely (laughs) different meals at every fucking restaurant you go if you pick vegetarian or non-vegetarian.
0: Is there a gluten-free option? Oh,
2: my God. Probably. I just, I can't. I'm so frustrated in the shit that's in this game and the shit that's not in this game. It's it's miserable. It's absolutely they missed. It's a miss.
0: Let's talk about something that was a hit. All right. Dark side of the ring this week. Oh no. Did you guys catch the Abdul the Butcher episode? Yep. All right. First off, Tony, my question to you. Can he read and write or can he not read and write? Oh, he
1: could fucking read for sure. I don't know about writing so good, but he could definitely read. (laughs) When your best friend and Mick Foley go, I don't know about that one. He was trying to ignore it, hoping it would go away. He's like, ah, it's Canada. Who gives a shit about Canada? That's what that was. Neither one of them is a fucking strike that. Um, They're both pieces of shit. Yes. Him and fucking Hannibal. Because I, I completely, I completely forgot about that whole referee massacre shit, and I was like, "Oh, that's right, this motherfucker did that too." So I don't feel, I don't feel fucking bad for either one of them. Tony Atlas, fucking defending Abby for using the fucking blade on himself and then somebody else though, fuck off, dude. Your no, motherfucker's I, look, been stomped on too many times.
0: I agree. I think the Devin, Hannibal cat, that guy's a piece of shit. But- yep. He didn't ask for Abby to gig him. So, like, that's kind of unfortunate. Like, he's at the end of the day, Hannibal's a piece of shit. But going into that with the WWE contract in hand, he didn't ask for Abby to gig him. And essentially, Abby costed him a job at the fucking WWE. And that sucks. Regardless, at the end of the day, that the Hannibal dude is a piece of shit when he attacks his referee in 2019.
1: Fair enough. However, it just it's it's one story in a long line of stories. Who people who get signed to the WWE and then fucking do stupidity before they report? Why are you in a match with Abdul the Butcher before you are going off to WWE land to have a fucking fantastic career potentially?
0: Why? Uh, see, I I would have to look up and see because see what the time frame is when when that gigging happens. And when he gets signed, because he doesn't know he has hep C until he goes for his physical.
1: And apparently he no longer has it either.
0: Yeah, he did some kind of uh, what they say, miracle uh, testing drug, and it actually worked.
1: I think didn't Nigel do something like that? Cause Nigel had to leave because of hepatitis, but I think he doesn't have hepatitis uh, anymore, right? He just kid. Well, so, yeah.
3: so I I literally for, had to do a training at work for blood bloodborne pathogens. Like I had to do an online training for this and this is the exact thing. Hep C never actually leaves, but it definitely can be God, i might I might be making this up, but i definitely just did the training uh for it and hep c like never like goes away it's just like it's almost kind of like like h i v in that sense
1: like it's, undetectable uh, at some point yeah
3: like it, it, it can be undetectable um but uh it it never actually goes away as far as i know, and it could always stay in you and it could eventually affect your liver and could affect other other you know organs and and your blood and all that shit so I'm pretty sure I I literally just did it like a month ago the the blood board and path working for the police department you have to do these kind of weird trainings that don't affect you at all
0: okay this is from his his blog uh, January 8th 2018 um, when the standard hep C treatment of interferon and ribofin Failed to be effective on me in 2010. I underwent a 36-week in in civic triple therapy regimen that was experimental for my genotype type two. That was by far the rough 36 weeks of my life health-wise. I dealt with horrible physical and emotional side effects as well as financial effects due to my inability to work for the, most of the treatment. Although the uh, in in civic therapy cured me of the disease, that it was never formally approved for my genotype. Was ultimately taken off the market but apparently he does not have hep c anymore he's probably just bullshitting
1: to
2: be honest i, say, yeah. I can't i can't believe shit that he says yeah I, it-
1: there was no real connection between uh abdulla though with the uh the transfer of hep c to him because then the question came up well how do we know he didn't give it to abby but pretty damning evidence when you don't have the defendant rebutting it where you're seeing the guy blade himself and then blade you no he got he had a court-ordered
0: blood test for abby that abby had to do and it came back positive
1: yeah same strand yeah but it became the question of who gave it to who you know what i'm saying like you don't know if it came from that incident
2: yeah Yeah. dude we
0: just had Less than an hour and a half ago, we just had Todd Gordon talk about Jimmy Snuka putting a rusty razor blade in his mouth to as a gag.
1: <laughs>
0: right? And a match against the fucking Metal Maniac. Well, maybe
1: of- now, now you know why Metal Maniac didn't go past where he was.
0: Fucking 30 people at a bar. Now you're talking Abdul the Butcher in Canada against this kid who was an up-and-comer. I it, it really watch. is a
1: shame too, because like you see the footage of him, he looked like a star, dude. He looked like he could have went places at, given an opportunity. The potential was there. That's the sad part about it.
2: I think uh, to to me, uh, the, uh, part of the sad part is is that you you go into the ring and you trust who you're working with to, oh, take, course. You, to take care of you, and uh, without consent, the the butcher cuts him cuts him up. Like that is. That is, I think, to me at least, the, the saddest part of the whole thing. And then to turn around and look what he did, Hannibal did years later, it's like, what the fuck, man? Like, I, I, in the moment, watching it, I felt, I felt bad for him, like, as a performer, right? Because you should, you have to be able to trust who you're in there with. And to a certain extent, Abby took advantage of him. But then you fast forward and realize that this guy's a giant piece of shit, too. It, like, it, it kind of wipes all that away.
0: It was definitely an interesting uh, – dude, they opened – I can't believe they opened the show the way they did, with him being like, he's a piece of shit. I hope he fucking dies. I
2: was like, this is how we're starting this show? Slow and painful death, he says. Well, yeah. holy shit. And
0: there's uh, – the, the I, think, I think what's telling is the reaction – Of, like, Hugo Savinovich watching, because he's never seen the footage, watching Abby just gigging this kid.
1: Can Can you explain to me how nobody ever fucking noticed Abby blading himself? They're like, oh, he was so great. Nobody ever knew. The mother... Did you ever fucking see Heroes of Wrestling? This son of a bitch is just carving his head up in front of everybody. And he did it all the time
0: what but this so you're talking about time in the in the 70s and the 80s and maybe some of the 90s where you're like we're not watching wrestling on fucking hd tvs right like the cameras aren't catching everything that's a good point
1: yeah but still he's so blatantly obvious when he does it
0: i mean look look we got we all became smart marks right in the middle of the mid 90s right so like you could tell when somebody was fucking gigging in ECW because they just it got to the point where it was like yeah, straight line, <laughs> straight line. And then there's a fucking crimson mask. Right. right? Or you could or they go like under the fucking ring and then they come out. And they'd be bleeding. Um, but like in the 70s, 80s, like 90, like I, I we could go back and watch a bunch of that old shit. I'm sure if you watch it enough times, you could maybe pinpoint. But then at the same time, like, Abdul is doing a tour of Japan, and he's probably wrestling Bruiser Brody every fucking night. Like, it probably don't take much to get him going after he does that first gig, right? So let me ask
3: you this. Wasn't it part of his character? And Tony, correct me if I'm wrong on this. Wouldn't he stab his own head with the fork or no? Yeah, of course. Okay, he would, right?
1: And then he'd stab Tony Atlas, who fucking loved that shit. (laughs) You take the fork promoter says what are you not going to work anymore like uh i don't know man right but that
0: look on on the surface it seems like a chicken shit thing right but it's not 2023 it's the fucking 70s and you're in there in the main event with abdullah and you're not going to say no because They'll find the next fucking asshole who just wrestled under a mask in a battle royal. He'll take the extra 50 bucks to let Abdullah stab the shit out of him in, the, in right. the middle of the ring with the fork. And then you didn't get your payoff or to work with fucking Abdullah in the main event. Nelly, what is with you tonight, bro?
3: <laughs> yeah,
0: no, it's crazy.
1: I don't know, man. I don't know. Dude, it's fucked
0: know. up. M- mommy was watching it with me and she's like why would you let somebody do that to you? And I'm like, I, I can't I can't explain this to you right now. I don't know why. I also thought it was interesting where Tony Atlas was like, why would you let somebody else gig you? And, like, they didn't follow up. Like, he knew, like, maybe there was more to that story that he wasn't telling, like, a different situation. Yeah.
3: Could well, be. This, kind of, this kind of reminds me of the uh, New Jack, uh, like, mass transit scenario, right? Like, why would you let... New Jack, gig you. If you won the gig, gig yourself, right? Or no? Yeah, that guy was
1: a kid. He didn't know what the fuck he was doing. He figured well, New Jack's good with a blade. I don't know.
3: Oh, okay. All right. That makes sense, actually. Well, like it, really, you, you wanna... it really
1: doesn't with hindsight, to be honest. No,
3: no. You. It doesn't It doesn't make sense in terms of how the whole thing went down, but it makes sense that, like, if New Jack may have said to him, trust me, I got this, or if Mass Trend said to New Jack, I trust you- with the blade, then that's, that's a different story altogether.
0: I think the story is they approached him about doing it. Like if you're not, and the kid kind of like blew them off.
1: No, the like, kid didn't want. The kid had some spots he wanted New Jack to do, and then he said he wanted to get. According to New Jack, the kid said he wanted to get some color, but didn't know how to do it. So he asked right. New Jack. Right? Yeah, to like
0: do he it. was like he came in and he was like, "I'm gonna tell you how this match is gonna be," and New Jack was like, "The fuck you are, fat boy."
1: <laughs> and New Jack said he wanted me to, to to cut him. He goes, he didn't say this big or this big. <laughs> so I cut him, and he bled a lot. That's his fucking line. Makes me laugh every. Now, what's time. tomorrow's
0: Bam Bam? Right?
1: Yeah. Oh, is it? Yeah. Be
2: interesting. Yeah.
0: yeah. Some. Someone on. I think maybe it's the dark side. Someone on Twitter was sharing like photos of him from like the Asbury Press when he was a high school wrestler. Bro, he looks so fucking weird with hair.
2: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes, he does. Because he has
0: like big fucking curly hair, and he's like sixteen. He's the size of a fucking horse.
3: Yeah, I'm gonna have to binge these tomorrow because I haven't even seen the Adrian Adonis one yet. So I gotta go through both of them tomorrow before bed. Yeah, I there was the, a lot
1: of coke talk in the Adrian Adonis
3: one. Oh, of course there was.
0: I think the Adonis one was was one of the best
2: so far. So far, yeah. I am like, looking forward to the, the Bam Bam and the the Marty one. I think is gonna be yeah, that's gonna be a watch.
3: Those two like really piqued my interest. Bam Bam and Marty. Like Adrian Adonis doesn't really do anything for me, but like the more I think about it, like. I do kind of want to. I do want to watch it, and I will watch that, and I will watch Abdullah just because of the conversation that we just had right now. It's kind of like piquing my interest a whole lot. So I may binge watch that tomorrow at work while I don't do work. That <laughs> boy. Yeah, that's right.
0: Is there? A, I, I don't. I know we we're trying not to run marathon shows. Is there
3: anything?
0: From this week in wrestling that you guys want to talk about before we do our PWI rankings, uh, well, do stuff. we
3: got to do we got to talk about picks?
0: Look, I'll be fully transparent with you. I didn't get. It. I haven't had a chance to watch the pay per view yet.
1: We can go over the picks. Uh, just a quick note: since it's a downer, uh, Rick Skaya passed away a couple days ago. Uh, known from early wrestling uh, internet website, the news from Dayton. He was a student in uh, Ohio, lived in Ohio, uh, started his own newsletter, uh, leaned heavily on uh, very early stuff from Brian Alvarez, would do, would do a lot of reporting, secondhand reporting, um, involved with Wrestle uh, which became Online Onslaught, which was signed to CBS Sports for a couple of years in the late 90s and uh, the early 2000s. And. Uh, Unfortunately, he had a uh, terrible cancer. As a matter of fact, in 2020, just around the pandemic time starting, um, he was having a hard time finding a provider to host the website. So it kind of went dormant and he got sick and it just never came back. But one of the original OGs of the uh, Rexport Pro Wrestling uh, message boards, one of the guys that came up uh, around the same time was like Scott Keith and Mikasa and uh, a lot of those guys, like Bagpipe Report, all around the same time a fucking legend dude and he was only 49 he was he was my age no longer with us but one of the true pioneers of internet wrestling i mean it's fucking sad dude all we're right. losing a lot of those guys young it's a shame who we we lost larry zonka a couple of years ago too one of the newer guys you know um, it's rough man like like my interview with scott keith is still one of my favorite interviews just because like i know the history that goes in with where a lot of these guys came up from and how they all kind of found each other and you know, they were the wrestling community before, you know, the, the beginnings of the internet wrestling community.
3: All right. RIP, baby. Yeah. Um, so before we get so you said you didn't watch the pay-per-view. I actually did watch it. All right. So I don't know. Did you, do you know that? Did you, obviously we just mentioned the results in over the top, but are you okay with me discussing how I thought about some of the things?
0: Absolutely. Let's chop it up. So Ring of Honor did uh, Death Before Dishonor Friday night. From Trenton, New Jersey. That's right, Trenton people. Fuck
1: yeah, and home of the home of the pork
3: roll, home of the thunder. That's right. So I thought, I thought Matt. I don't watch Ring of Honor weekly, but I'll tell you right now, that pay per view to me, freaking ruled, like, absolutely ruled. And I, I enjoyed watching it. I enjoyed watching every second of it. Just about. Um, I, uh, I think my match of the night, if I had to pick one right off the top. Would it actually be the Dark Order versus the Righteous? Like that was good, and a close second would be Athena Willow Nightingale in the main event, which was. So bad. what
0: I what I've seen from the consensus is it was a great pay per view, right? And I and I think a Ring of Honor under the Tony Khan banner, he has a pretty good track record with pay per views, right? They're good shows. We've got we got the Briscoe FTR trilogy on that on on the Ring of Honor pay per views last year, yeah. Um and I don't doubt it, Kevin. I I will you know I'd love to say I, I'll find time, but I I'll try to find time because I I am mean, interested to see the show. My problem is the weekly TV, right? You like, you know, two years ago I wasn't missing Ring of Honor pay per view, right? right? I was trying to go if it was in Baltimore. Or I was ordering it and making sure I watched it. The Ring of Honor TV product, we talked about this a couple weeks ago, does nothing for me because it's like dark elevation. I don't want to see fucking uh, the fucking Righteous beat uh, Tony, Hansel, Kevin, and me in a fucking six-man tag match. I just don't care. Right. It does nothing for me. I want you to tell me fucking stories that I can get invested in. Like, look, I bet the tag match was great, but you fucking announced it like Monday night when we were done with the show. Yeah. They're like, oh, four-way for the tag titles. Like, let's just throw this out there into the universe. Like, there's nothing to it. There's no story. It's just fucking eight guys. And I'm ba- I bet they had a great match. But if I want to watch PWG, I'll fucking order the DVDs.
3: So a lot of this show, believe it or not, and it, this is the only thing that kind of makes me mad. Is that like they did, like, so like they showcased the best friends a lot on this episode. Like, they had they were in that match. Tremperetto got his eye freaking totally busted open. They make a save, um, later on in the show, but it's essentially just to promote dynamite. Like, because like they just announced all the matches and they're like, well, they're, now they're gonna have like a three way tag team match, like on dynamite. So, like, it's essentially just. Which is the only thing that bothered me about the show is that they couldn't just let this stand alone by itself, like let Ring of Honor be Ring of Honor and let Dynamite promote it. You have Rampage and Collision and Twitter and and Instagram to promote the the show. Let Ring of Honor stand alone amongst itself. Orange Cassidy looks like he's gonna be in some sort of. It, it's it was just that was the only thing that detracted me from the show. But like also the um uh. The tag the tag title match was incredible, uh, with, with like I said with best friends and the Lucha sure Bros was. and the Kingdom uh, and uh, there's an, oh also the Open obviously who won who won the belts. I'm t- like it was a really fun like as a standalone show it was really really fun to watch and like I would recommend it to anyone Samoa Joe um, and uh, did you know, the Dalton Castle and so the that- Castle. Here,
0: let me pose this question to you now, Kevin. Right? You watch the pay per view. Are you gonna watch if
3: if you had Honor Club? Would you watch Ring of Honor Thursday night? No, not 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 live. If if I had like time to like watch wrestling, and I've already watched Impact, Raw, SmackDown, Dynamite, Rampage, um, and I only watched Rampage this week because of the Royal, uh, the Royal Rampage, because I love a good battle royal, but. No, I probably wouldn't unless I had already finished watching everything else
2: uh, can I ask you this in the in the Joe uh, castle match would it was there ever a point in the match where you thought that Castle was going to pull it out never, not once ever
3: and that has nothing to do with the match it, <laughs> it has nothing to do with the match itself. it just and there's no there was no chance f- from the day the match was announced that that I ever thought Dalton Castle was going to win. And that also kind of goes, like, the fact that the Claudio Casignoli, and I know that Mark Briscoe kind of got hurt, so I know that changes the whole dynamic of the the main event that you announced, like, literally the day after or the two days after, um, you know, Blood and Guts, like, where Pac, like, walks out. And so now that's, like, your de facto storyline. And I get it. You had to do it. But it, like, never thought Pac had a chance. Never thought – I thought Willow Nightingale had a chance. I really did, especially after the finish of the, uh, the the men's world title match right before it. I really thought Willow Nightingale could have won, but uh, that the match was so good. That match was so freaking fun to watch. So uh, I'm going to
0: throw I, this out there. Is the, is the Willow Nightingale bloom off the rose? How many times can we watch her rise from the ashes to challenge for a title just to lose
3: it? I don't think so. I think I think the people love her too much. Uh I think overall she has just I think positivity at the end of the day wins fans over. Uh not, I'm not saying like John Cena sucks positive like you know like I don't think they'll turn on her like John Cena. I just think that she is too good, too fun, too entertaining to uh I, I no do, will she ever be AEW Women's Champion? I don't I don't think so,
0: but no, I just they She's easy. Here's a, the the problem is she's, she's like the go to girl. She gets put in every single like, someone's getting a beat down. Willow makes the save. Now Willow's feuding yeah. with the champion, and then Willow is gonna challenge the champion, and we think she's gonna beat her, but no, she loses. She loses to the TBS Women's Champion. She uses the AEW Women's Champion. She right. lost her strong title in her first defense. She loses uh, to fucking Athena. She loses in the tournament. You know, like it's. I, she's great but like can yeah. can you find is there a can we can we find somebody else to to fill that role and let maybe let willow just go on a winning streak and be
1: fucking willow
3: okay that's a fair point but for some reason to me willow nightingale has this aura that seems like she can't she can't be like denied if that makes sense like she she has like no matter how like she she's like she's not like Like Britt Baker. She's not, you know, Soraya. She's not Ruby Soho. She's not Tony Storm. But she has this aura where, to me, it feels like losses don't hurt her. It's just like her personality and her her infectiousness. Like people want to root for her. So as long as she's losing, to me, it still makes people feel like they want to root for her to do better. And what will she? I don't know. But I just, I enjoy the heck out of her.
0: Is so. We do picks. Everybody picked Athena across the board.
3: Right. Right.
0: So it's it's not about rooting for her to win. It's just obvious. We all picked Claudio. We all picked Athena. Like Willow is doing. She's doing the same thing when she when we get these big shows. She might be in the main event where she's challenging for a championship, but no. But we're not picking her because we know we know it's it's she, she's just that's her position, and that gets tired over time. At least for me. I can't speak for the masses. Are they,
2: is it, is it, are they positioning it in such a fashion that when she finally does get it, it's going to be huge? Or is this just going to be her, her cycle? Is this just going to be what she does over and over
0: again? I think it's going to be. So, like, her winning when she beat Mercedes because Mercedes broke her ankle was huge. And you could have ridden that momentum, right? Because we don't know when Mercedes getting back, and everybody thinks the big dream match is Julia and Mercedes for that strong title, which is fine. But to have Willow go to Japan to defend the title and lose it is like she's a transitional champion. Like that's she will always be a great underdog and a great challenger. But right now, I just don't see her as as a champion, and I don't well, know if that's just the way they booked her the last six months
3: or. So at the end of the pay per view, Athena, who's obviously a heel, um, raised her hand. I know it's Ring of Honor, so I guess it doesn't necessarily mean all that much as a po- but. Like then she even bowed down to her, like she like literally bowed to her like Japan style.
1: Yeah, but then so... she beat
3: the shit out of her.
1: <laughs> yeah, but she, yeah, she beat her up out it was all th- the, the
3: thing. She, is wait, the no, theme- wait, what? Yes. She beat the shit out of her after the sh- after the yeah, match.
0: Yeah, she attacked her after the show.
3: Oh, I did not see that.
0: Yeah, the whole thing is Athena doesn't respect anyone in Ring of Honor, so she's a fucking cunt to everybody.
3: Oh, I didn't, I didn't, I did not see that part. I just thought that I thought it was a cool moment at the end of the show where she bowed down to her and uh, like raised her hand and then bowed down to her. I didn't see the part where she beat yeah, the shit she out kicked of her. her in the back
1: of the crow
3: the, the head. Oh, I did not see that. I'm sorry. In the bad.
1: back of the crow,
3: I was yeah, right. The crow. I was going did for it, something else. Did the it, Billy? Gl- Billy, Billy Glun style.
1: <laughs> right fuck in the, yeah, in the dude! Crow. Right in the Castignolis.
3: <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> oh wow! All right. So Athena's like full fledged, like still like not even giving a fuck heel right now. Right.
0: I don't know if that would that. I saw that on social media, so that would have been like maybe that was a social. I didn't see the pay per view, so I can't tell you if that happened on air. But it happened.
3: Yeah, I don't think it happened on the pay per view. Because I, I watched that till like the credits went so so
0: uh, Kevin's still in first place 152 64 and one he went eight and four Tony is two games behind at 150 66 and one he went eight and four I am a couple games behind at 148 68 and one I went nine and three Brendan was 145 71 and one he went seven and five Hansel with Kevin 135 81 and one six and six Um Okay, Those are I'm the pay-per-view picks. Uh, Kevin, crazy. anything else about this show before we move on?
3: No, it was awesome. Uh, I recommend it. I don't know how I'm still in first place after not even picking Slammiversary. <laughs> so. Because
0: we all shit the bed on Slammiversary.
3: Yeah, Slammiversary was a shit show. How about Eric Young, baby? How about uh,
0: Eric Young, who you vehemently... <laughs> <VMA,
3: laughs> yeah, get there.
0: You, Come on, Ellie, <laughs> denied, denied the fact that he was even available uh, the week before.
3: Yeah, I didn't know. He I, th- he, I thought he was under contract. I guess he, he asked out. He gone.
0: He didn't want to work for fucking Vince.
3: Yeah. All right. Oh, come on, pal. Come on, EY. You were supposed to be in that stable with, like, Bray Wyatt, right? Or something like that? Yeah. We're going to make you Uncle Howdy. Let's do it.
1: God. Fucking Bray Wyatt. Whatever happened to that asshole?
0: Ah. He he's drank so much Mountain Dew. Pal. <laughs> yeah. Dummy. Anything else in the world of wrestling you want to talk about before we go? PWI rankings, boys.
3: Let's do it. Let's let's dive away.
0: Fuck yeah. All right now I, I did my due diligence here, boys.
4: Uh oh. Ooh.
1: Oh shit. So the I can tell you pages. what?
2: The dry pages.
0: Very dry. So uh, if you're not familiar with the show or what this uh, segment is, uh, I go over to WrestlingData.com, I believe is the website. They have a tab for the PWI years. You can go and look through all the back catalogs as long as they're available. And you can look up the uh, top ten lists that always were in the back of the PWI magazines. Uh, And this this ranged from uh, WWF top 10, NWA top 10, uh, USWA top 10, top tag teams, top villains, top 10 of all whatever's going on at the time. Well, I went and I did top 10 tag teams. But we did it from two different decades, my friends. October 1987. That spans the time of May 8th to June 3rd that goes to the showdown tonight against October 1997 which uh covers May 1st to May 30th so this is not just one promotion here this is the top 10 tag teams at the time and we start at number 10 representing the CWA the tag team of Austin Idol and Tommy Rich they look across at 1997 and they see the team of Doug Furnace
3: and Phil LaFon. Uh, I don't know anything about the team of Tommy Rich and Austin Idol, but I'm going to pick them. Well, I'll tell you some highlights
0: of this tag team of Austin Idol and Tommy Rich. They beat Bill Dundee and Rocky Johnson in a Texas death match on May 18th. And on the 1st of June, they beat Bill Dundee and Jerry Lawler in a Las Vegas roulette first blood match.
1: Fuck yeah, that's AEW written all over it. <laughs> Now look, Doug Furnas and Phil
0: Lafon over here in WWF World at the time. They have oh, a raw God. victory over the Legion of Doom. The following week on Raw, they they lost a four way tag match. Uh it involved Davy and Owen, the headbangers, and the new Black Jacks. Wait, what was the they first lost to What
3: was the first team you said?
0: Owen and Davey. Oh okay. Uh, they lost to the Godwins on Shotgun Saturday night, and they are losing on the house show circuit to the Blackjacks and the Godwins.
3: Yeah, I'm going idle and rich on that. Yeah, one. Doug Furness and Phil Lafon's WWE one was a disaster. They could
1: Lafon themselves out the door.
3: That's right. I, I, there's not many
2: teams that you could put up next to uh, Furnace, Lafon that I don't go Furness and Lafon. I'm going Furness and Lafon.
0: Wow. I I'm going to side on Austin Idol and Tommy Rich. As much as I love Furnace and LaFon, this part of the Doug Furnace, Phil LaFon run in WWE, very pedestrian. Now, if not- this was the old uh,
1: Japan Furnace and LaFon, now we got a story.
0: ECW oh, Furnace yeah, and LaFon. Doors, doors off.
1: Yeah. But fucking losing to the Headbangers on Shotgun Saturday night or whatever the fuck you said? Yeah, fuck that. Yeah, A lot
2: of respectable people have lost to the Headbangers, Tony. Yeah. They're former Thai
0: champs. Okay, Are you guys ready for number 9? Of course. From 1987. They were the AW they were an AWA tag team, Boris Zukov and Soldat Ustinov.
1: Oh my god. Ustinov.
0: Ustinov. <laughs> uh, and and uh they will be uh, across the squared circle from The Gangsters from ECW.
3: So Matt in your research, is this Ustinov guy, did he wrestle as anybody else that I might know? I mean, it doesn't matter. I'm picking the gangsters, I guess. Yeah,
1: he's he's an Usto <laughs> brother.
4: <laughs> You're the ones. Ustos.
0: So he was, uh, he was uh, Ivan the Terrible, Big Jim okay. Steele, the Russian Crusher. Okay, uh, okay. He had a lot of success in the AWA. Um, in '87 uh, to '88, he's also a former football player. Pro? Yeah, he played for the Dallas Cowboys.
3: Nice. And he I'm played in so
0: US USFL.
3: USFL was a big deal yeah. back then. Yeah. yeah! Come on now. I'm still now look,
0: the actors. Boris and uh, Soldat are your AWA tag ta- tag team champions. They did beat the Midnight Rockers. Who? On May. I'm 22. Shawn Michaels,
1: and I'm Marty. We love to rock, and we love to party. <laughs> the
0: uh, the gangsters in 1997 are working uh, three way dances with the Dudleys and the Eliminators, and they're always on the losing end. Their only win was at a Trenton house show, where they beat the tag team of Axel
3: Rotten and Corporal Punishment.
1: That's right, gangsters.
3: Yeah, still going, gang. gangsters. Maybe it's just my nostalgia glasses. And then I know them, and maybe that time of their career wasn't great, but I still, I have, I gotta go, gangsters. Well,
1: handsome Kevin,
0: I'm gonna. I think you're mute. No, you're not muted.
1: No, he's not muted.
3: He's
0: I'm,
1: flabbergasted.
0: I'm
2: here. I just anything AWA. Yeah,
1: he's a fucking Minnesota Mark. That's why. Look, I'm look, I'm, I'm going AWA too. They're the tag team champions. My man. Uh, Brunden, we need a tiebreaker.
2: Don't go to Brundon.
1: We have to go to Brundon.
2: You don't have to go to Brunton. MB. MB.
3: Is he still even here?
1: I don't know. Yeah. Maybe. Who, he's.
3: MB? MB? is right
1: there. Oh, uh, yeah, then we'll give it to Birch. Yeah, we'll give no, Brunton. I meant. No, I don't, I don't think Brunton's around.
0: Yeah. We will uh we will go on to the uh the number eight teams. Uh representing the CWF is the tag team of Mike Graham and Steve Kern. They are the current NWA Florida tag team champions. Opposite of Harlem Heat. Oh God. Or what's Harlem Heat doing these
1: days? Sorry?
3: I was really looking forward to picking a team with Steve Kern because I'm a big Steve Kern guy, but Harlem Heat is one of my top five tag teams of all time. So what's Harlem Heat
1: doing in uh in May of nineteen
3: ninety seven? Well, they have a, a
0: worldwide win over high voltage.
1: Fuck yeah, dude. They, Chaos and lost. who was it? Chaos and Rage. Rage, Rage. Rage that was it.
0: Uh, they lost to Jeff Jarrett and Mongo on Nitro. Uh, they did beat the Power Company the next night on Saturday night, though. Uh, sorry, the next week. They didn't?
1: Uh, well, they did. Oh,
0: uh, well, they did. Uh, I remember
3: the Power Company. They definitely On the five
0: twelve Nitro, they worked a dark match where they lost to DDP and the Giant. Uh, at Slambury, they worked a dark, dark match where they lost to Public Enemy. And to round out the month, they lost at a house show to Jeff Jarrett and Ric Flair. Mike Graham and Steve Kern, on the other hand, are your current NWA Florida tag team champions. Uh they beat the Mod Squad uh on the seventeenth, and they beat Kevin Sullivan and the Tah- uh uh Tahitian Tahitian Treat the, <laughs> Tahitian Prince uh on Tahitian Prince yes. What did I say? What? Tahitian oh, no.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Kid can't even read.
1: (laughs) Got fucking Abby sitting below me. Yeah, you thought that Mick Foley putting
0: the picture of Abby as his father on his bedroom wall was was real.
1: Um, I'm going Graham and Kern.
3: For the sake of the game, even though how much I love Harlem Heat, if they're the tag team champions at this point, I got to go – Kern and Graham too. Actually, now I have to I have to switch it up. I have to change it.
2: So, and we're not far away from Booker T going solo at at this point. But I still think that Harlem Heat was so fucking good. Like oh. any any time they were out there, it was like you thought that they were going to win. Like any time yeah. against anybody, and and great tag teams. I, I I go Harlem Heat.
3: Yeah, I trust me, I really want to go Harlem Heat. But if we're just talking about this time period. Like and you're talking about champions and I know I picked another team that weren't champions while these guys were champions. Uh for the sake of the game, if they're the champions and they're winning while Harlem Heat is like in and out, I gotta go Graham and Kern.
0: I am also taking Graham and Kern. I think this is like the uh I pulled a Booker T's cage match. This seems like it's like it's like almost the end of um Harlem Heat you know they're not it looks like they're doing a lot of house shows together and like Saturday nights and pro tapings but by the middle of the year uh he's doing three-way uh three-way dances and stuff working DDP and the Giant and, and all this jazz
1: does he want the gold sucker
0: <laughs> and it's not till after World War Three where it looks like Harlem Heat is
1: well is Big T up. comes in bro
0: Oh, that's, that's years later. That's, that's very much in the future. He's the world TV champion by the end of 1997, that Booker T.
1: But he's yeah. not here, so Mike Graham and Steve Kern. There you go. Mike
0: Graham and Steve Kern over to number seven in world class. We have the Fantastics. They are the current WCWA tag team champions. They are feuding with the rock and roll RPMs. <laughs> Mike Davis and Tommy Lane, for those of you not familiar with the rock and roll RPMs, over the the in in the, in the 1997 era. The new Blackjacks. They're doing four way dances on Raw with Furnace LaFon, Owen Davey and the Headbangers. Um they're beating Furnace and LaFon on the house shows. They have a shotgun Saturday night count out win over the tag team with Crush and Savio Vega. And they also got a win over Carl Fergie and Reggie Walker on a uh, episode of Shotgun Saturday night.
1: Yeah, I'm going I'm going um I'm going Tommy and uh, Bobby.
0: I'm with you on the Fantastics, T. Doc. I can't. Uh, nothing is good about the
3: new Blackjacks. Nope, except they're bone crunchers.
2: No, those are bad too.
3: There has no, they're to be not. horrible. Oh, they're they? horrible. What's that? Uh, yeah, but I am going Fantastics as well.
2: Yeah, there's nothing that I mean. Uh, I don't think there's a tag team that you could put against the the new Blackjacks that I would pick. The hey, new we Black
3: got guys. our first
1: unanimous vote of yeah, the yeah, night. There yeah, you go.
2: The new Blackjacks were awful. Oh,
1: yeah, I think
0: they're going to start to get interesting. In 1987, out of the UWF of the NWA, the Lightning Express, which is the tag team of Brad Armstrong and Tim Horner, uh, they uh, beat Sting and Rick Steiner for the UWF tag titles in the middle of May, and they had successful defenses over Gary Young and Mike Boyett and Bob Bradley and Gary Young. In 1997, it's the current ECW tag team champions. The Eliminators, they are working the circuit in three-way dances, beating the Dudleys, beating the Gangsters, uh, and this will ride them right into Hardcore Heaven. What is first Hardcore Heaven? I think ninety-seven, where I believe Perry Saturn gets hurt at that Trenton House show because I was there, and he blows out his knee, and they are stripped of the titles and they lose them to the Dudleys.
1: Yeah, I'm going Eliminators.
0: Yeah, second that, eliminators here, here.
1: Yeah. yeah, I'm with you. We got a fucking second unanimous vote.
0: And, a, f- and our first win for 1997. Guess what? Yeah. Not going to get any better for 97.
1: Uh, maybe. Number maybe. five.
0: Number five in 1987 is the Midnight Express. They are all over the place. Uh, Mid Atlantic, JCP, UWF, CWF. They're the current NWA U.S. Tag Team Champions.
1: Now, this is, uh, this is Bobby and Stan or Bobby and Dennis?
0: It's Bobby and Stan.
1: Okay. All right.
0: Uh, they are opposite of the uh, tag team of Owen Hart and Davey Boy Smith, who during this time frame are the WWF Tag Team Champions until the end of the month. Owen's also the IC Champion and they are working a lot on house shows against the team of Steve Austin and Ahmed Johnson. <laughs> um, a tough one. Those midnights are working a lot more, right? But they're not winning. They're they're, they're they have the NWUS championships, they beat windham and Garvin in the tournament finals. But they're in CWF losing to the Rock and Roll Express, they're losing to Ron and Jimmy Garvin. Um, what's this say? Three on two with Country Bear. I don't know if that makes sense. Uh, they're losing two on three matches against the Rock and Roll Express. They're losing in Mid South, um, so it th- they're they're in the top ten, but they're not, and they're not defending their NWA US titles.
3: Well, when you put it that way, it's hard not to go with uh with Owen and Davy. I'm not and that's my that's my pick: Owen Hart and uh, British Bulldog Davy Boy Smith.
2: Yeah, Owen oh, Owen oh, Davy for me for me as well,
0: matt. Oh, man. This is a toss-up. This is a toss-up because you're... For the time frame that we're in, we're not seeing them defend the tag titles. They did on that RAW, that four-way RAW that I've referenced several times against the Headbangers, the New Blackjacks, Jacks, and Furnace and LaFon. That's right. Uh, and then the only other time they're defending their tag titles on TV, they're losing the titles. Uh, Owen's still the IC champion. This is a toss-up for me, man. Um... I think I'm gonna to go toward the Midnight Express.
1: Hey, you know what? I mean, as as many title belts as I see on the other side of the aisle, I think you gotta go Midnight Express, man. I'm with you.
3: But didn't you say they were like losing a bunch and they weren't defending it? They're, they're and they're and are the U.S. Tag Champs while the while Owen and Davey are the World Tag Champs. Yes. yes. Well, here
1: you go, Matthew Birch, Steve Austin, Ahmed Johnson as a tag team sounds ridiculous to me. There's, right. there's your reasoning.
0: Yeah, I, see, I just think. I think I could sit through 100 Midnight Express, Rock and Roll Express matches and be content with it. I don't know if I could sit through a Steve Austin, Ahmed Johnson versus Davy Boy Smith, Owen Hart match.
3: Well, no, but that's not – that's no, that's due no fault of Davy Boy Smith and Owen Hart or even sure. Steve Austin. That's my decision. Fair. Yeah. Um, yeah, but okay.
0: We're
1: split. Again. I mean, we're talking matches with the Rock and Roll. We're talking matches with uh, – who was the other one? The Grams? Uh, J- Ron and Jimmy Garvin. Oh, the Garvins. That was it. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Wyndham and Armstrong. There's a lot of good stuff there. Yeah,
1: I mean, yeah, Wyndham and Armstrong, serviceable. I like it. It's all right. All right, we got to split on that one. Number four. Number
0: four, 1987. Uh, you will find the Can-Am Express in the WWF.
1: Wow. Uh, Can-Am connection. Uh, right? No, nope. what's up? Wait, Express or connection? Can-Am connection. Oh, sorry, right?
0: Can-Am connection. My apologies. Oh, yep, yep. I mixed my sheets up here. I um, literally just watched rewatch their debut the other day, actually. So uh, they're beating The Shadow and Kamala and Sika. Uh, Kamala and Sika are switching back and forth, but The Shadow is a constant there on house shows. Uh, On Superstars, they lose to the Islanders by countout. Uh, And then on the 2nd of uh, June, they get a, a squash win. And on the 3rd, the last day of the month, they get a win over the champs, the Hart Foundation, by countout. Over in 1997... Paul and Nash, the Outsiders. They're in Japan on the third with Masahiro Chono getting a win over the great Muda and the Steiner brothers. They are your current WCW tag team champions. Uh, They do, however, lose at Slambury as they team with six against Flair, Piper, and Kevin Green. During this time frame, they do not defend the WCW tag team championships once.
1: You still got to go Hall and Nash.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You got to go
1: Hall and Nash, dude.
0: 100%, 100%. I'm with you. I agree. I'm just throwing out the facts there, people.
1: That's understand.
0: Right. So everyone, Hall and Nash runs the table. Yeah. On to number three. Uh-oh. In 1987, the Rock and Roll Express.
3: Oh, boy. That's going to be tough to beat. They not champions.
1: Of th- oh, they're not the champs, though.
0: They're not, but they are feuding all over the territories with the Midnight Express. Uh, They also have wins um, over Luger, the team of Luger and Flair. And they did uh, lose the NWA Tag Team Champions to Rick Rude and Manny Fernandez. In 1997, your number three team, the Legion of Doom. They are feuding on the house shows with Crush and Savio Vega. As previous mentioned, they lost to Furnace and LaFont on the May 5th Raw. On the 12th of May, they beat uh, PG-13 on Raw. Uh, And on the house shows, they are teaming with uh, Steve Austin uh, and wrestling the Hart Foundation, Owen, Davey, and Brian Pillman. They also have a win on Raw over the tag
3: team of Brian Pillman and Anvil.
1: Yeah, I'm going Rock and Roll Express. Yeah,
3: I think I'm with you, Tony. Uh, this is not the greatest version of LOD. I don't care. Like, Yeah, I'm going Rock and Roll Express. Yeah, and I've never been. I'm not a
2: giant LOD guy either way, any time period, any time.
1: But They're yeah. Minnesota.
2: I know they are. I know yeah. they are. Uh, but give me the Express.
0: Matt, I'm with you. The Rock and Roll Express all the way.
2: Got another unanimous. Number two in
0: 1987. The Hart Foundation. They're the WWF Tag Team Champions for the whole entirety of May. They're working the house show circuit in steel cage tag team matches against the Bulldogs. They are winning with their only loss in the month coming to the strike force. The Can-Am Connection. Excuse me. Can-Am Connection by by count out.
1: (laughs) Who's number two on the other side? The Steiner Brothers. Oh, shit.
0: On Nitro, dark match, they beat the Power Company. On Worldwide on the 7th, they get a win over Public Enemy. On Worldwide tapings on the 8th, they get a win over Max and Rick Fuller. On Saturday night's main event, they defeat uh, the French Canadians.
1: Wait, Saturday night's main event?
0: Saturday night. WCW Saturday night. Excuse me.
1: Jesus. Wait, the the amazing French Canadians?
0: Yes, the amazing French Canadians. Okay. Uh, on the seventeenth, uh, on a house show, they beat the public enemy, and then at Slam nineteen ninety seven, they get a win over Conan and Hugh Morris.
3: Ooh, this might be the this might be the toughest one.
1: Not for me. I'm going Hart Foundation.
3: Yep. About that. About Wait. That. So Matt, they were the Hart Foundation were the champs the entire month. Yes. And how many times did they defend the belts? They defended it uh, from the 8th to the
0: 31st on the house shows against the British Bulldogs in Steel Cage tag team matches. All
1: right.
3: Yeah, I'll go Hart Foundation. Yes,
0: I will also go Hart Foundation.
1: Another unanimous. Look at that.
0: Now, I did not expect – when I picked these months, I just blindly picked them, okay? Sure. And just to give you an idea of where wrestling was in 1997, your number one – tag team in 1997. Wait,
1: 1987. No, I want to go 1997. Oh, okay. The
0: unlikely
1: duo of Shawn Michaels and Stone Cold
0: Steve Austin. Yeah. They had one match during this time frame where they beat Owen and the Bulldog. That's when they won the belts, right? That's that's when they yeah, won I the belts. Didn't were and they,
2: they working each other after they won the belt? At the King
0: yep. of the Ring. Mhm. Yeah. Yes, and then Sean got hurt again, and that's how we got Dude Love. <laughs> 1997, people. But in 1987, your number one tag team is the Road Warriors. They are engrossed in a feud with the Raging Bull, Manny Fernandez and Rick Rude, where they are challenging them uh, for the NWA titles. Um, they are beating them at the NWA. They are losing to them in the CWF. They also have wins in the NWA over Arnon Lex. Lex, Rick, and Tully in six-man tag action, where they're teaming with Duthy Rose. Um, they beat this uh, powerhouse duo, Mike Force and Rick Sullivan. Oh, yeah. Uh, and they also have a win over Kevin Sullivan and the Tahitian Prince. Closer? Yeah. Closer or better? No, it was good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then they lost with Dusty. Uh, to the team of Arn Anderson, Lex Luger, and Tully Blanchard to end out the month.
3: Yeah, to me, to, to me, this is a no-brainer. This is the one that I'll I'll give to the Road Warriors.
1: Yeah, I will
0: also go Road Warriors. I
1: think you, I think you kind of have to. No, I mean, like Sean and and Austin were just like an unlikely throne together.
3: Yeah, it was it was all that was all for storyline. Whereas the the road warriors were a legit team.
2: Yeah. 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 I mean, it's hard. Like, it's hard to make a case to not go road warriors here. So road warriors for me as well.
0: Road warriors across the board. They only defended the tag titles once, uh, Sean and Austin. And it was against the Legion of Dune on a raw where they lost by count out. Right. And then he, they keep those tag titles on them until, King of the Ring, Until sure. July when it's yeah. it's. The, I guess the titles are held up because Sean's hurt, uh, and Austin has to find a partner in his dude love against the Heart Foundation for the vacant championships. Yep, and it's so yep. weird because at that time, uh, Taker Taker's the champ, and he's doing house show loops where he's defending the titles against. Brett this is
4: ACH, and, and you are. <laughs>
0: Brett and Austin uh, in three-way <laughs> dances, so it's real, real weird stuff here. Damn! Right, and they go oh. what double DQ at the King of the Ring '97? Double DP? What? Fuck yeah, dude! Double DP, sexy. Well,
3: I no, mean, but you, you couldn't, have, you couldn't have had either one of those guys lose it at that point in
2: 1997. But sounds like '87's got a uh, a victory here.
1: Yeah, we got two draws, but it really doesn't matter because the uh, the final score anyway is uh, six to two. So even if they went to nineteen ninety seven, it didn't matter. Just to recap: idle and Rich, everybody but H K, who went Furnace and Lafon. Zukov and Ustinov were H K and Matt. Tony and Kevin took the Gangsters. Harlem Heat H K, but everybody else took Mike Graham and Steve Kern. Everyone took the Fantastics over the New Blackjacks. Everyone took the Eliminators over the Lightning Express. We had a split. Tony and Matt took the Midnight Express, while HK and K took Owen and Davey. Hall and Nash were unanimous over the Can-Am Connection. Rock and Roll Express unanimous over the LOD. Hart Foundation unanimous over the Steiner Brothers. And the Road Warriors, what a rush, over the unlikely duo of Shawn Michaels and Steve Austin.
3: Nice. That was a lot of fun.
1: It was good, man. It's, uh, the top ten is good times.
0: I enjoy the top ten. I was hope the... Not gonna lie when i went to october 87 i was excited when i went to october 97 i was a little disappointed in the tag team scene then
1: yeah it's kind of how it was both companies were shying away from tag teams at that point too which is why you didn't get the the depth in the yeah. tag team divisions
3: yeah. and eric Bischoff has made it clear that like he just didn't want to love tag team wrestling because like why pay two guys to go places when you can only pay one for a singles match
1: yeah, you but some I mean. of his best friends over there were Hall and Nash, who were constantly tag teaming.
3: Nah, you no, know? but they could—they could easily be singles guys too. I'm talking about like guys like American Males or Harlem Heat. American, or... Males, American, American Males. Males. American Males. American Males. Slam your grandma, people. No, I'm telling that those are his words, not mine.
1: Yeah. Handsome sure. Kevin, you know that, right? What's that? If you play American Males backwards, it says "Slam your grandma."
2: They get the hell out of town.
1: Nope, Mac. Can oh, yeah. we pull this up?
0: I don't have the uh, I don't have the connect. I don't know where my fucking wire is. All right, is. let
1: me let me let me see if I can pull this oh, up. So I would love
0: look. I would love to pull that up. While you're looking at that, uh, guys, if you've listened to the show, you watched the show, please. It's very important to us. If you can uh, head over to uh, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, wherever you're watching the show, please leave a rating uh, and a positive review. Give us five stars. Subscribe. Tell your friends. Got a couple uh, extra shekels. Maybe you buy a T-shirt at ProWrestlingTees.com slash Wizards Podcast. Um, and if you don't have uh, a couple extra bucks, all that other stuff is free. It's free. Not just sure. to hit the like button. If you subscribe, leave a little review, give five stars. It costs you nothing. Uh, if you do have a couple extra bucks, you don't need another wrestling T-shirt, right? You're like, you know what? I'm going to hold off on the T-shirts. It's summer. It's hot. I got shirts with no sleeves on anyway. You want to check out the Patreon. For as little as a dollar a month, you can check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash Wizards Podcast. Three bucks a month gets you a bonus content, and you want the bonus content because uh, HK, KJG, and Brunden banged out two awesome episodes over the weekend, and they are available now on our Patreon. Uh, one is uh, about the San Diego Comic-Con releases of the action figure nope, stuff.
3: Nope, nope, no. nope,
0: nope. Oh, we didn't do that one.
3: No, we didn't do that one because we didn't. Awesome. Did
0: we... That's even better.
3: Yeah. We did – Um. We did unresolved storylines, right. uh, and we did things that we thought when we were younger in professional wrestling storylines, characters, gimmicks that we thought were real in real time.
0: Oh, that's awesome. That's why I should have read the Patreon descriptions when
3: uh, you guys emailed them to me. Nah, it's but, fine, uh, Matt. You're this. You got a lot on your plate, brother. It's all good, bro.
0: But that's the bonus content coming out the ears for you guys. Uh, one dollar a month gets you mentioned on the show for the new Patreons. Three bucks a month gets you our bonus content and the whole back catalog. So everything we've ever done, you get for three bucks a month. Five bucks a month will plug your social medias, uh, and then ten bucks a month you go into the monthly uh, pot where you get to uh, be a part of the show. Uh, special thanks to the Mid Carters and Legends, Kathy Hummer, Manny Kratzo, Danny Rusinello, not Danny Russ on the Twitter machine, Kate Hensler at. Uh, i don't know what her fucking handle is at miss kate fabe um matt grifo at who at matt 81 thomas Kop at uh high five tom brendan haney at irish misfit ryan schlong at mark order pod mike peterson lol mike peterson kevin rogue at jj rogue means something i don't know he's part of the fucking wizards i don't even know why he's still up there michael <laughs> hammond David Henry Bauer the III, Bauerhausen, is doing the videos on the YouTube, those little clips, so check them out. And, of course, William Mercier Jr., W. Mercier Jr. on the Twitter machine. Fuck yeah, man.
1: Yeah, dude. I want to give a shout-out to my good buddy Vince, uh, one of the hosts of Inclusive Breakdown. His wife sent us a little care package today. We got some uh, rhubarb jelly, some rhubarb butter. We got some dandelion jelly. We got some... Uh, some bell pepper jelly, delicious stuff. So, shout out to Vince for those goodies.
0: Jelly. How much of that jelly you got to put on your dog's your dick so your dog can lick it off?
1: I put it on my dick so I can lick it off. Well, I give my dog a good time. What the fuck a did he ever, who the fuck did he ever beat? No.
0: <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know he has a dog. Uh, speaking
1: of which, time to slam your grandma. Slam
2: grandma.
1: Slam Slam your grandma. Slam your grandma. Slam grandma. We'd like to thank Todd Gordon for joining us. Get his book tomorrow on Amazon. <laughs> That's Hot as God, the authorized story of how I
0: did something in ECW. Right. <laughs> Todd, put fucking Todd and God to your Amazon, and it'll pop up. Uh, we all have pre-ordered uh, the gimmick, so we'll definitely be talking about that in a couple weeks. And we can definitely have Todd back on when he fixes his fucking headset. I'll um, <laughs> no, we'll be balls about that later. Uh, shout out to Matthew Birch, the True of Pro. He uh, had an untimely uh, death in his family, so nice to see him in the chat. Hope he's doing well. Uh, much love and support from the Wizards to you, Matthew Birch. Um, and, uh, check out out. our discord. There's a link in our uh, link tree on our social media on Twitter. Uh, it's just a great community, a great place where people come to, uh, hang out and talk wrestling and sports and music and, and all sorts of good stuff. So if you want to be a part of that community, uh, with us loving and caring people, please do so next week. Uh, we might have a guest. So I want to talk to you guys about that when we, uh, when we punch out. Um, but, uh, we're going wrestlers court next week where, uh, handsome kevin's gonna try and defend xpw uh and i will be uh bringing to uh the board uh why xpw is the shits uh i won't have all the time to show the show that is gonna run here in north this weekend but i'm sure i'll have something from that show to bring to judge uh judge tony um that's it man we'll be back next week with another fun show it's gonna be a hot one out here in jersey so stay hydrated uh take care of yourself. Watch your grandma. Don't slam your grandma. Don't,
3: okay, don't do that. Don't slam your grandma.
0: And uh God, I don't know.
2: I Good night, no
1: everybody. Good night, Diana. Slam your grandma. Everybody, slam, your grandma. Slam, slam your, grandma. your grandma. slam slam your grandma. grandma. Slam-